You're listening to episode 279 of the Major Issues Podcast. In it, we're talking about Reed Richards' casting rumors, the Marvel Comics app shutting down, and all the goodness that was The Mandalorian Season 3. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, please introduce yourself. How's it going everybody, it's John Escudero, aka Yogi in the house. Yogi is in the house and lit quite literally in the house. Like he is in the middle of a very transitional period in his life as he goes from one house to the next. But the thing is, to be honest, if I am going to traverse the living waters of Mandalore, I can't do it by myself, bro. You know what I'm saying? I asked you here for this very reason. It's quite an arduous task. You know, so I need you here. I needed somebody who knew a bit more about all that it takes uh, to become a Mandalorian, to bathe in the living water. So I thank you uh, for extending your time out and, you know, joining me for this very episode. Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime for Mandalore. <laughs> for Mandalore, bro. Before we get into our full uh, thoughts and recap of uh, The Mandalorian Season 3, we thought it would be best to talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic book news and rumors. Man, people have been talking all kinds of craziness when it comes to the Fantastic Four. The latest rumor is that Adam Driver is what people is who people are looking at to play Reed Richards. What do you think about that casting? I, I it's not something I would have thought of on my own. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a weird rumor too. Like I don't know where these things usually come from, but that's weird. There's a there's one there's an accompanying rumor, a smaller one that like they're looking at Mila Kunis. For yeah, what? Yeah, I I saw that as well. Uh, Mila Kunis for Sue Storm. So an, initially, the rumor was that if they were to cast this series, that the casting director or the director of the film overall felt like the role to nail was Sue's, which yeah. I thought that was pretty promising. That's a pretty promising thought process because, in my opinion, I think that she's the hardest to nail. Getting an actual factual uh, Sue Storm who is who can uh, you know s- like be stern and 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 be authoritative, but also be kind and be almost like the group mom <laughs> in yeah. occasion yeah, yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, were you surprised that the leak is kind of leaning on Reed in this? And as somebody who um, seen the sequel trilogy. Do you think Adam Driver has the chops to play Reed? Yeah, I I I believe he does. I mean, you see more, <laughs> more than a uh, old boy from Fan Stick, <laughs> Miles Teller. <laughs> I, you know what? I I I believe that we don't know what kind of Reed he could have been with a fair. different direction. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Adam Driver though, he's. I, I, you know, and always it depends on what kind of read they're trying to they're trying to do, you know. Like, there's reads in different points of his life. 
that can be played by different people. I think if there had been rumors that it was going that that the MCU Fantastic Four was going to be uh like a larger family, like it might have the kids. Okay, know, so, yeah, so that they would have to be like a little older and a little uh, wiser. You know, and I and I felt like that's <laughs> I don't know I've I've never seen Adam Driver do that kind of robot. I mean, <laughs> right? Usually, but not to say he can't, right? Yeah, right. Because usually these things, like they probably auditioned or something. You know, like they probably saw something somewhere. There's a reason why. If the, if this is true, I'm sure there's a reason why beyond just his name. You know. <laughs> Um, I would like to let everyone who's listening to this uh, podcast know that the only reason I have any um, sort of inclining or inclination to want this Fantastic Four project to work, all of that is because you, uh, Jonathan Escudero, has have pointed me to the Jonathan Hickman run of Fantastic oh, yeah. Four, one of the most rewarding reads I've ever done. And when push comes to shove, hopefully we'll be able to dissect that uh, run in you know, uh, when we're getting ready for that film to be announced. Um, so one of the things I guess I'm curious about is that run, like I said, again, is masterful. Are we in a position where we are just, uh, kind of grateful for as close as we can get to that run? Or do you think we should be going full steam ahead in that direction? Well, I don't want to get my hopes up for like, I, you know, cause we're already, it's pretty apparent, like that the MCU is pulling a lot from that era of Jonathan Hickman's storytelling, that whole Secret right. Wars, Fantastic Four, Avengers stuff. Like they've already done the incursions. They've had John Krasinski as Jonathan <laughs> with the Reed time Richards. door. He's like, got he, time doors and shit. Yeah, it's, he's it's, got it's the real. beard. He's got the whole thing. That kind of sucks though, because I feel like they wasted it. Because they're not going to use him, and I'm just like, I hope like the next re- that doesn't mean like okay, well we're not using this design. That's why we gave it to some guy who right. just <laughs> kill in five seconds, like whatever you wanted. It, Fan you fiction. It. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> right, right, right. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So you, it, it's a case for it's it's a case where we are just kind of grateful for as close as they can get. Yeah, because it's the MCU, and they don't usually do one-to-one adaptations. <laughs> you know, yeah, get, you're right. No, hundred percent. Yeah, you get the baby stuff, the baby version, of it, and I just hope that it hits. I don't know. I, I don't know that. I, I I thought before they announced there was a movie, I thought the Fantastic Four should have been a TV series because I thought not a TV series, whatever, a streamer, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, Of all the things to do, like, instead of all these side stories, and shit, that's the kind of stuff we need to be looking at for these streamers, like a a, a big-name series, like Fantastic Four. You know, yeah. like, people, that, that's a big deal. That's something people talk about at the water cooler. And that's like a family of adventures. Their stuff works better in giant swaths, you know? A hundred percent. It's almost maddening, because... Marvel's the first projects of Marvel to take off from its creation, Marvel Comics, were the Fantastic Four, Spider Man, and X Men. Three properties that they didn't own until <laughs> the oh, last yeah. couple of years. So they made a good point in making B, C, and even D list characters mainstream, but almost have a harder task now in making their, you know, the front runners. 
uh, how would they integrate them into a world that has already existed? Um, the big rumor would be that these uh, this family was lost to time or lost in a dimension. Or how do you feel about that sort of um, introduction if they were to go that route of like, well, they were just explorers and they got stuck in a time vortex or something or other? I don't hate it if if only because one they are explorers, so it wouldn't be like so out of the place. But two, it's uh. It also gives them an excuse not to have to act like everybody else in the MCU. They're uh, people of time. They're from the fucking 60s or whatever. They can be the, <laughs> yeah. new, the nuclear 60s family for a bit and, right, develop, right. In, and develop into something more than that. But um, uh, that's been a rumor for a long time. I'm starting to think that that's really the deal. <laughs> like That's really the case. Well, you know, it's going to set a precedent. I feel like in a lot of ways because we're gonna have to introduce the X Men soon, I don't and think I feel come, like I don't think the X Men are coming to this this MCU. I think well, a reboot happens. Yeah, even if if, if Secret yeah. Wars creates a reboot of sorts, I'm very curious because the more I'm alive, <laughs> the farther yeah. we are from World War Two, which means yeah. the farther we are from the Holocaust, which means the older Magneto gets. Yeah. So I'm very curious. Because a lot of these characters, even Frank Castle, right? For years, he was uh, tied to the Vietnam War. Like, he was linked into that. Now we've moved on to a bit of a Desert Storm sort of Operation Iraqi Freedom as the sliding scale uh, continues. But they're going, they're, they have an arduous task trying to fit these people in a timeline that, of events, right? Like, well, well Magneto is a uh, Holocaust survivor. Well, yeah. I, in, I think they'll see in, that. In 17 years, we'll be 100 years from the Holocaust. They probably see it as some creative uh, challenge. But I, don't, I mean, I feel like it's easy just to be like, he's a mutant. Like, he lives, <laughs> it's 100 years ago, but he's a mutant. He's fine. Like, he'll be okay. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of talks at the that the role that they wanted to nail was Sue. And like you said, Mila Kunis is the hottest rumor out there. As somebody who... Um, is a fan of the Fantastic Four. Do you agree? Is Sue the person out of the four that you should try to nail? Is there somebody you think is a bit more difficult in characterization? I think that uh, Sue is probably the hardest to nail, and that's why yeah. you need to get her down first because it's a family dynamic. You started the mom. <laughs> she, 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 that's just how that goes like yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I, I mean i it, the, like you said about sue too she's not just you know a mother figure she's also like one of the most powerful people on earth like beyond right. just like oh we got we have powers like no she's beyond we have powers she's yeah. like in the um, 60s it was oh boys you know, yeah, like that was that was a role like, <laughs> in no. the 60s. It was like, oh, won't you boys, uh, you know, uh, won't you boys behave? But we're now we're at a point where she's like, I will pop a blood vessel in your brain, <laughs> and I will, yeah. I will make sure that you are, uh, you know, disabled for the rest of your life, and you will you'll live your lo your days <laughs> like that. You'll never it, get another boner in your life. It's, I'll it's, cut it off. It's it's a completely different change. Um. I really do hope that they nail that because from the Fantastic Four films in the past, Sue has never really been given much of a uh, a role of where well, she has agency. You know, 
Yeah. She's kind of made to be the, oh, why can't my husband just be better <laughs> sort of role? Well, I mean, she should probably have some of that, too. A hundred percent. But if that's all that there is, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can kind of get stuck there. Um, but you're down. You're down for an Adam Driver led uh, Baxter building. <laughs> is, I mean, that... it's more that I just kind of trust them at this point more than I'm like thinking of Adam Driver as uh, the Reed Richards, <laughs> Daisy, a uh, Daisy Ridley, Sue Storm. Is that, yeah. is that where we're going? John yeah. Boyega, <laughs> Human Torch, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> the thing, let's do it, baby. <laughs> getting crazy. We're getting yeah, crazy. Hey, they coming over anyway. People have been getting crazy. You're you're making an excellent point. People have been getting crazy. Man, this entire week, they've done nothing but uh, trickle in casting for this Lilo and Stitch live action series. Um, yeah. Possibly because they're trying to get out of the way of Dwayne Johnson's Moana. <laughs> because <laughs> my man decided to make his announcement the same week. <laughs> <laughs> they announced that other is, film. Is there like a Hawaii anniversary coming? That's what, hey, bro. That's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, they had said that a woman would be playing a like child protective services agent, which made the whole internet go crazy over the idea that we might not get bubbles. Were you aware yeah. of this bubble bubbles controversy that has gone well, on I over mean, the internet? First of all, I love bubbles. I mean, I feel like everybody should. But uh, yes. also, the it, it only came from like a screenshot from a a weird source. So <laughs> like I never a third, like a third, yeah, like a third tier. <laughs> yeah, like I was like this. This is probably not true. And then the day immediately announced it like the next day, probably because of that rumor, right? Yeah, because uh, Maya Kialoa was um. Cast as Lilo. Sydney Elizabeth Agundong was cast as Nani. Kahayu Makado is playing David. That's the guy you were just talking about not so long ago. Zach Galifianakis joined the cast in February. It has is not known who he's playing, which is very weird. He's, like this. he's, um... Why are they hiding that? What's going on there? They first they said he was gonna be Pleakley, and I was like, "That's not right, right?" And I don't think, and then, and then it turned out that's probably not right. So I can only imagine he's gonna be um the Russian, the other one, the big alien, yeah, Jumbo, Russian alien. Oh, we must catch it, yeah. And that's he a was, perfect part for him, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the uh, there was a controversy around Nani. Too. There was around Nani because they were saying that she was whitewashed, even though Not this only actress that, they is were just, it was <laughs> of just the like, islands. Some of the more sensible people were just like, "Hey, this doesn't look like that little girl at all." <laughs> like, they don't oh yeah, look yeah, like yeah, each yeah. Other oh, you talking about like siblings like, to be siblings? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, but if we're going back to the last subject a bit, I had to watch a. Uh, a film where Michael B. Jordan and uh, <laughs> old girl were <laughs> siblings, oh <my> God. <laughs> and they didn't even care to explain how or why <laughs> any any of that was the case. We need some more of that. Sometimes we just need to not explain. It just just, just accept it. Love is love. Family's family is <laughs> family. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, 
do you think that this film, this Lilo and Stitch film, um, has a big hill to climb? Or is it baked in, the original was so good, there's no way this could fail kind of stuff? They're getting the original Stitch, too. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know that it's going to have that big of a hill to climb. I think it's so it's so recent in people's minds that they're at least curious about it. I think if it doesn't... I think it'll do pretty decently at the box office, and then people will stream the shit out of it afterwards. For sure. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I, I tell people... Somebody asked me the other day about it, and I'm like, I love Lilo and Stitch. I, I really, really love the film. One of the best parts about it is there's, like, no mustache-twirling villain, you know? There's yeah. no, like, person they have to beat when they realize the power of friendship or any of that kind of the, stuff. It's just kind of like... is misunderstanding. <laughs> that, that, that's all... That, literally, that's all it is. Um, and so, with that sort of uh, marketing and, and, and that sort of story, I think it can really stand the test of time if they were able to do the series well. Um... There, there will be a time where, combined with this animation and the live action, where people won't remember a time where there wasn't a Lilo and Stitch uh, project out. And a lot of people are feeling that kind of way about comicsology. <laughs> there was a time where people felt like that was a safe haven to read their comics. Comicsology, right? Amazon. Yeah. Can't beat this. It's a juggernaut. But it seems that the app itself might be collapsing upon itself. Marvel Comics is shutting down their Comixology uh, partnership in June of 2023. And starting on May 2nd, the ability to purchase comics will be removed entirely from the Marvel Comics app ahead of that June shutdown date. What is going on? <laughs> well, I, I had heard of I, I knew Comixology was dying, right? That had been a thing for a little while. E3 is dead? E3 is dead. Too. E3 is dead. What is that, going on? This all comes from it's kinda like Netflix, you know, like like what Netflix started the streaming thing and then other companies were like, We could just do it ourselves. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't yeah. need you. And that's pretty much what's happening with everything else. You know, like uh Marvel's gonna be like open their own app with no partner and they'll host their <laughs> own stuff and it's like we don't need comicsology we don't need amazon we don't need to share the right. cut why would we do that we could simply make our take own. it all <laughs> dc's did it dc did it already What's it so called? close bro so fucking close ultimate yeah. something yeah they were so close they even have what is it uh distillery that that new um comic creator owned almost oh and uh, substack yeah yeah everybody's got their own shit they don't need comicsology anymore right That's and, sad, and but. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i felt like at one point comicsology was kind of uh you know getting by by its past accomplishments yeah. It didn't seem it didn't seem like it was trying to change the game or make things easier for anybody. It looked like it was just trying to get IPs. Yeah. I'm not saying this to slander anybody who's working in that field. I'm just saying that um there seemed to be a point where just having the most users and the most IPs was the paramount yeah. of what they were trying to do over there, not necessarily make things easier or introduce new concepts or series to uh their readers. Um we dealt with this, was it two years ago, where the whole diamond distribution stuff, right? Like, 
where they revamp the entire way that this stuff comes out. Um, and we're in a position now, even with the, there was a rumored um, Screen Actors Guild strike, right? Because just the way about, we, the way in which we take these stuff in has completely changed. It's not yeah. the same stuff. It's not the same way that you would go and pick up a comic at a store or, you know, watch a series because you already have a subscription to a service. Um, and the way that people are getting paid <laughs> with this new with this new medium of uh, oh, just media um, has caused a lot of people to like kind of, hey, we're going to put the brakes on this because... How is all this work? How does all this work? How do people get paid? How do people get, you know, their residuals? Uh, this then and 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 going forward, do you see Marvel coming out with their own sort of app? Do you think that's the next goal here? Oh Disney yeah, come up with some sort yeah. of yeah, yeah. There's no problem. There's no that's that's definitely happening. I'm more concerned with the people who pay for their digital collections on comics. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, what happens to them? Do they get vouchers? Do they, does they, do their books just transfer over? Like my my equivalent is like Voodoo, and they push come yeah. to shove, and they were ever like, by the way, everybody, Voodoo's closing down. I'm like, oh well, uh, uh, <laughs> I my yeah. shit's on there. Where, where is it going? Uh, do I still have it? Do I still own it? Voodoo's weird, right? Because I use Voodoo all the time, but I connected it to all the other apps. Like so, uh, right, every right. movie that I own, they all go everywhere. They're in the Google Play. They're in the Movies Anywhere. Yeah, but the licensing is weird. Movies Anywhere doesn't have some licenses that Voodoo does. So <clears throat> my movie collection on Voodoo is three hundred movies, but then my Movies Anywhere, it's like you know one something or two something. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? That's that's scary. Like, how does that work with comicsology? Yeah. Like, if it shuts down and DC has an app and they say you can have your comics, but like Marvel decides you can't. So, like, what happens to have my collection? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I I guess they're going all in on Marvel Unlimited, huh? I mean, I guess, but you know, I mean, I think of like uh, our friend Greg GT Rebirth, who's always on this GT show. Like, he he reads digitally and he buys the digital books, like. Right. He buys them from Amazon, I think, or Comicsology, probably. But uh, what happens to him? Yeah. yeah, in the world, in a world where they can just regank it off the off the digital shelves, yeah. you know, like what, what, yeah, what, what does work in that instance? I can see a lot of this stuff being um, debated over and sort of. This is this is a a new concept. Like all of this, like I said again, with, they had a hard time paying people in general, right? Like yeah. <laughs> residuals and all that kind of stuff, uh, royalties and stuff. And now comics are more accessible than they've ever been, but they can't seem to nail down the logistics of the inside of it, uh, the business side of it. So I can totally get that. Um, Mar and yeah, this is like. Marvel's smallest issue as it continues to be the juggernaut that it is. DC is seemingly putting its best foot forward by um, continuing to delve into the world of the Batman. We got the official trailer for the Penguin this week, which was a bit of like a behind the scenes yeah, and almost like a uh, proof of concept of the series. Do you feel any better? Uh, were you initially excited about this? Did this help? How do you feel about the overall idea of giving the Penguin a series like this and on a prestige platform 
like Max, which is what we're hearing the uh, Warner Brothers Discovery slash HBO merger uh, app will be. I don't, I, I, you know, when you hear something like they're making a show about the penguin, it's like, you know, you first, wah, think, wah, you know, wah. <laughs> it's like, but you imagine, you imagine first, like, okay, well, they decided. I'm gonna make a show about the penguin, and it's more like it's like uh, what the fuck. But when 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 I when the more I think about it, it's like we need it, the the only way for me to get excited about it is to is to think about it like they need to push the world of the Batman forward with a certain thing with a certain plot development, and they decided right. that the penguin was the character that they would use to do that instead mm-hmm. of thinking of it like. A show about the penguin. We made a show about the penguin's origin and right. how he grows up to become the penguin. It's wah, like, wah, 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 wah. It's more like <laughs> we need to we need to build the world of Gotham for the Batman two, and instead right. of just doing it in exposition in the second movie in like a couple sentences, like you know, Oswald took over as after Falcone, and it's like okay, that's it. We can see it happen. <laughs> Why not? Is there any issue with this sort of lore um, almost acting against the mainstream uh, Batman introduction or any of that stuff there? I don't know that it goes against it. I feel like the Penguin has been, especially after Gotham and even before that, like I know people think of like the Danny DeVito uh, real Penguin man, (laughs) but like we've seen him as more like a mob not a mob, but like you know, like no, a- no, you're 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 hundred percent right. I think they've done a good job in the last, I want to say, fifteen years to establish like he is a constant in Gotham. Yeah. He may not be the biggest bad, but he is as much a part of Gotham as Batman is. Um, and I not not for nothing. I love Colin Farrell's portrayal. You know, I almost uh, uh liken it akin to Leave Shriver as um Kingpin. Yeah. It's like this, because we've never seen, we, we had the Cockney um, Penguin in the Arkham Knight series, right? And Kingpin we've always had, but we've never had like a mafioso Italian, yeah. hey, oh, Spider-Man, hey, oh, oh, hey, I'm walking here, kind of Spider-Man. So like to get that version of Penguin and to get that version of Kingpin, I, I kind of dig it. I do kind of dig yeah. it. Hey, Rock Hey, oh, I thought while I was watching, while I was watching the Batman, I thought like, what a shame that uh, James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano, died because he would have made a perfect Penguin for this world. And then the there's no way he, up. there's no way he didn't have him marked for this. Uh, it had to, like, come, somebody come somewhere thought of that already <laughs> while watching the Sopranos. I know someone thought of it already because it's so perfect. And then the trailer. For the show, the penguin comes out, and it's like, oh, well, they just turned the penguin into Tony <laughs> Soprano instead. Right. So, uh, we're almost, it's as close <laughs> as it gets. Do you think something like this, a concept like this, uh, warrants multiple seasons, or do you think we're better no. off almost in like an else worlds? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Like a short run, kind of get really the story even, out. Not even really elsewhere. It's just like leave it here. Like Penguin does this thing for Gotham, and that sets up some shit in Batman too, and that's fine. That's it. I guess more so. No what I mean is one shots. Yeah, yeah, fine. Like just 
let it do what it's there to do and you don't need to come back to it. That's why I got weird when they announced <laughs> like a, a low key season two. Because it was like, okay, low key, stop. It starts, they, they they create the multiverse with their actions by accident. And it's like, all right, done. Like, what are we doing season two? Bro, for? I won't I won't lie. I was not on the board for Loki season two. Damn, I won't. It's weird. I, like, I, I dig. I dug Loki season one. Don't get me twisted. I dug all the effects of the universe past that. Um, I don't think that <laughs> it, it, th- there's more there there. And I fear that the there that they see that is worth selling is just Tom Hiddleston being adorable. Which, that's, again, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's viable. But there's not much there there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if we're just going to pull that rope until we get enough, uh, I, I worry what, what that all means. And there was a point in time in which... My biggest excitement for that series would be someone like Loki bumping back into a he who remains tight, but with all that's going on with that side of the camp, uh, yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot that's going on over there. But um, we have more and more footage of Joker two. I can't, I can't pronounce oh, yeah. that title. Was it? For, I'm not French. For Le Hadou, I can't. For Le Hadou. Is Bruce going to remember that creep that came up to his house and was like, that put his fingers on his mouth and was like, this creepy guy showed up. He's going to feed him a Jolly Rancher. Yeah, stuff was weird, man. Yeah. So the next thing on DC's docket is The Flash. We've gotten more and more yes. TV spots, more stuff. People are raving about this film. Where do you sit on this? Where, where, where do you? Uh, where is your anticipation or almost excitement for this film? Uh, you know, we hear that it's going to be the thing that sort of sets off James Gunn's first chapter, Gods and Monsters, for the DCU. Right. But as someone who has been an unapologetic fan of the Snyderverse as it stands. What do you see this film like? What, what what does it have to be for you for you to enjoy it? I don't know. Well, I I'm weird about Flashpoint in general, like the the story Flashpoint, the original story, because it does it sets off a new fifty two, and I'm like, uh, fucking, it's bad <laughs> memories. It's PTSD. So, yeah, <laughs> like when they announced that the first movie that they're gonna do of the Flash is a Flashpoint. Like we've we've skipped. We we've hopped over <laughs> all the development crisis. People, <laughs> people will only ever know like Barry Allen's whole thing for a long time was like I will not travel time all willy nilly because it it's dangerous. It's dangerous, you know. I will definitely never go back to save my mom. Who knows what that could do? And when he eventually does do that, it's after a lot of things it's like he's been through so much right you know why not so but we're in a time where people only know him for like messing up the timeline and going back to save his mom is the first thing we ever see him doing in his first ever yeah yeah what are we doing um so already going into it that's how i'm thinking and then they start talking about like this is early on before James Gunn and they're like this movie was tested and people were saying it's the greatest thing since the dark <laughs> right? and I was like what the fuck like what could like what the hell what does that mean 
What does that mean? The hell? What is yeah. this? What are you, yeah. Who is saying this? Like, why are they saying this? And then it comes out. It like it keeps on the same story keeps coming out. Like, and then more people of more prominence keep saying it now. Like, so yeah, Tom Cruise like, said this is cinema or something. Tom similar, right? Cruise <laughs> is like this right here is gonna save America. I know it. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. I but, I but then the trailer came up, and then the trailer was really good, and I was like, oh. Maybe, maybe if this movie is as good as the trailer is selling it on me, maybe these people actually knew, actually were talking about something for real. I have a bit of a controversial take. I believe that Warner Brothers can't make a bad trailer. I, I, I think it's hard for anybody to make a bad trailer because all you have to do is snip out the good parts. I just, right. I just always feel like their stuff has always looked super fire in the trailer. Like that, oh, yeah, hell yeah, squad. I'm there for that. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm there for that. Even Birds of Prey on the, on occasion, I was like, yeah, man, super down for that. Um, I like that movie. I didn't like Birds of Prey. Yeah, I didn't like Cassandra Kane, but I thought it was a good movie. I, I might have to, I might have to go back, bro. I think it's one of the the least revisited DCE movies. EU movies in my I opinion. Only seen it. I've only seen it once. I didn't, I didn't feel like <laughs> so maybe you have to <laughs> maybe both have to go back. I just because like you know I the movie has to be like really good for me to want to go back. Like I've yeah. only seen a lot of I've only seen a lot of good movies once. Like they so can you, still it could be good. So like, did I you know. not feel like it kind of fleshed out the rest of that world? The Harley Quinn stuff? No. I well, I mean, that like, was, that, no, that's uh, a whole DCEU, right? Uh no, that was just some small story that had no impact on any greater <laughs> universe because the greater universe barely existed at the time, and nobody like like for I mean pretty much anything after Justice League is is a, is a disconnected mess. So like, uh yeah, but getting back to the Flash thing, I had read a long not a long time ago, but around the time of the test screening rumors i read a plot leak i read the thing and it was it was what it was outrageous i was like wow this if they, can you imagine if they made this movie so the yeah. trailer comes out and it's that movie and i'm like and you start seeing pieces of it huh? yeah. yeah and i'm like oh like this is they might not that's why i'm like they might not be lying this might be awesome so if they if be. they dust off if they dust off Flashpoint to to uh, do it for this series, what do you think is the next major event that uh, James Gunn should be moving towards? Should it be a crisis? Is that where the next shoe would drop in this sort of instance? Obviously, this man's talking about a ten year plan, right? Roughly, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that. You know, we do, uh, you know, uh, Brave and the Bold and Superman Legacy, and then we go yeah. into Flashpoint. I mean, are we go into Crisis. But as a DC fan, where do you, where can you see this uh, universe going? Where should be the crescendo in this first hump of Gods and Monster be? I think God. I think a Crisis should be like the ultimate uh, goal for their stories. Like that should be the the big one. I don't know if it should be the first one. Uh, there's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that it needs to be like a multiversal threat off the back. I think first, just put the 
just put the earth at risk. You know, like just I mean, the listen, the at risk, you know? For, the, uh, for those who may not be fans of it, I thought that Zack Snyder's Justice League did a perfect precursor to that, right? Right. Like, sort of that, introduce the threat, let make you aware of it, make you also known that, like, it's on a, another side. <laughs> you know, it'll get yeah. here when it gets here, but it's yeah. there and it's dangerous. Be aware, be mindful. Um, and we'll do the other stuff, but always know that that hidden threat is is um, always waiting, sort of stuff. Exactly, exactly. That's uh, that's that's kind of the thing I want to see. Like we could set something off. If if I had it my way, we would we would get all Green Lantern centric at first and do some cool, uh, <laughs> I guess, night or some wild shit. I don't know. Something not nothing. Like we already skipped ahead and did goddamn flashpoint first. Like at this point, all the win- all everything's out the window. Like you might do Sinestro Core War, not Black as Night. <laughs> it, Sinestro Core War. Yeah, it, it almost makes me sad because it makes me think, like, are there like is that is that the hallmark Flash story now? Like is that just <sighs> what it is? Like are we just stuck with Flashpoint? Like that's I, and I I dug it. Save the multiverse. <laughs> Listen, He's I'm a booker. Died. I'm a booker. I'm somebody that has to do the schedule here. I'm somebody who has to, you know, plan out content and uh, make changes when we need it. As a reader who is brand new to the whole idea of this enormous continuity, I thought it was incredibly uh, creative to blame <laughs> uh, the Flash and then subsequently um, Doctor Manhattan, right, for the <laughs> uh, the changes done. Yeah. I thought that like. You know, that's a built-in excuse for your own universe. Like, not many people have that shit. So, that, pretty smart if we were going to do that to do it uh, this way on that. But we already are breaking that, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. We're already doing that now for the DCU. Um, I can't help but wonder or hope that uh, if James Gunn is just pulling books off the shelf... I kind of want the DCEU to be the Kingdom Come universe. <laughs> if, if, if I'm, if you know, you're asking me, I would, su- I would love Henry Cavill to be the Kingdom Come Superman. You know, That'd be wild. That'd be so uh, wild. I feel like you s- simultaneously get to make your criticisms of the universe right, while also um, making it right, setting it right. Yeah, you could have your cake and eat it too in that instance. As a fan, do you honestly believe that Zack Snyder's Justice League, or I guess maybe I should even say Black Adam, is the last time that we see Henry Cavill in that suit? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think unless they have some idea for some multiversal shenanigans where we get to see three Superman or something like that, if that's the idea for the future, then we'll see him again. But beyond that, I don't think we'll ever see I think he got one. He the poor guy got screwed around so bad that I don't. Yeah, he did. I don't know if he'd want to come back. <laughs> Do uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It's probably time to move on for a long time. <laughs> have, have, have you mourned it? Are you ready for a new Superman uh, already? I I mourned it in 2016. <laughs> like when, like, like that's the year BBS came out. Twenty seventeen, I should say, not sixteen. That's fair. That's, that makes more sense. Like, Just as um, because BV for a long time, BVS was like this uh, this unfinished story for me, like that we would never see the end of. Like, oh man, like, right. like and then we got Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I was like, that's my ending. 
They fit it. The, we, we they followed Cal into the sun. The okay. the arc came all the way around. You know that was my ending. It was fine. And so, anything that came after that is just. Does that mean you'd be more torch and pitchforks if we didn't get Zack Snyder's Justice League? Uh, if we didn't get Zack Snyder's Justice League, and then they teased Henry Cavill coming back, I'd be like, "Wait, back at him." <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right, right, right. But but I but like I saw his whole arc like it finished. I am finished. I had my moment in the sun with them. <laughs> Standing right along with them. Yeah. I long with I am over like the Snyderverse. Like it finished for me. I have those three movies. I can go watch them whenever I want. Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League. That's a beautiful trilogy right there about Superman. Birth, death, rebirth, done. Like I don't have to Matter of fact. It could be argued that no single director has was given the power to wield the entire universe in their own trilogy. Yeah, like that's nuts. Like he took a that story is crazy. Superman, absolutely crazy. DC universe around it. Like it's yeah, nuts. here's Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, The Flash, like, and I'm gonna, awesome. I'm gonna do it all, and I'm gonna do it all on my own and the way and, I see it. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. I got to close the book. Like, okay, that's that's awesome for me. I have that. I'm ready to do a 10-year James Gunn uh, extravaganza. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, you know? He's uh, doing, like, his own, what, like, showing of this stuff? I saw him on uh, Twitter he, promoting something. He, he who, Snyder's doing a, uh, yeah, he called it SnyderCon, and uh, it sold out like immediately um but it's a showing where they will also do q a or is it commentary during the film so it's one of the two i feel like commentary during the film would be weird though because you're just that is a bit weird i think talking, that's talking over the movie the whole time i think that might be a bit weird yeah. it's a little annoying actually like i don't think that i like is. this <laughs> that's ridiculous but yeah man the, the fan base is there for it it's, it's been there since he's left for good or for ill, right? Like, I, I, I kind of wish they would just move on to like we got it, we got a cool ending, but it is what it is, I guess. We'll see yeah, how that works out. You would think uh, the uh, Snyder cut being released would be the the massive victory, but they immediately went on to release the Snyder yeah. verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, we want the whole thing. Um, and you can't blame them having a huge world building. You know, connective universe. It it is hard. We've seen them try it across the board in almost every medium. Even the uh, you seen that Universal Dark monster <laughs> thing that they were trying to do at it's, one point. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it kind of sucks to see uh, organic thing get put into a, a money machine and trend yes. out that way like <laughs> the dark yeah. universe. Universes are in now. Let's do a cinematic universe for everything, and it's like. Cinematic universes are cool. Uh, shared universes are cool. I grew up with shared universes, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Not everything needs a shared universe. Like, I, yeah. You know, I, especially if you don't have the idea for it. Like, especially if you're just going to throw it into, like you said, the, you know, the money-making machine and hope that it turns out a shared universe kind of thing. I got a, I got a hot take, and it's going to work as a segue. You, you... Cinematic universes. Everybody wants. Now that Super Mario Bros. came out and it was a success, it was an awesome movie. 
everybody talks about this Smash Bros movie. Like, we got to do a Super Smash Bros movie where you can combine all the different Nintendo IPs. And I'm just like, what? Be careful what you're asking for. Like, really be careful what you wish for because, first of all, you do a Super Smash Bros movie. And what is it? What is it? What are they combining to face? Like, what are they fighting? What, are, what is going on? Like, but what, but, but 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 another thing is like the idea that your mind, not your mind, you know, like the royal you, your mind goes <laughs> automatically to a Smash Brothers film, almost deflates the success of the freaking Mario movie you just watched. Yeah, yeah, like no, like you never get to sit with it and go, <laughs> wow, in my era. With this character, all the time I've spent, you never get to sit there and be like, what an awesome achievement. Wow. You know, what great work. What a great cast. What a great director. You're immediately like, what's the next project? How do we go further yeah. with this? And th- I I can, I can, feel like that, almost, that sentiment almost permeates throughout all the fandoms that me and you are a part of. Right? Yeah. Or it's always like, what's the next thing? And I've heard actors, writers even, like, laugh about that sentiment because they're like i just saw the first thing work like yeah. i didn't even know if it would work like we, we put it together and we gave it to the fandom in hopes that they would gravitate towards it but there's always the instance where they won't so like you guys are ready for the number two we, we, we have all our money on number one right now hoping fingers crossed that this thing works um and i didn't have that sentiment t- towards things like spider-verse like when I saw yeah. Spider Verse, I was like, uh, "Put this in a safe, you yeah. understand? Like lock this thing away. This is this is gold." I wasn't even thinking about a sequel, and I'm almost terrified to watch the one they got now. After yeah. seeing trailers and stuff, I feel like they have a bit of that that uh, feeling. But yeah, how hard is it um, to you know put your own into a project and have people be like, "Okay, so what's the next?" <laughs> that was cool, but what's what, what's next? Yeah, as I get older, I guess I kind of like, uh, I appreciate the one and done stories. You know, like sometimes things just don't need a sequel. And it's right. like, you know, sometimes I want to write something and they'll leave loose threads. And it's like, well, obviously you can do a sequel. But sometimes everything is wrapped up so wonderfully that you're like, why? Beyond the, beyond the need to get paid. Yeah. Why? Why are we doing this? You're ruining the first one. So how good would you say your cash grab scent is now uh it comes you can tell you can usually tell by how the first one goes like you can tell by the story of the first one (laughs) like like i just said like if they wrapped it all up in nicely in a bow and left no room for another story to be told and then they come back for another story they needed to get paid it's fine i can understand you know and maybe it'll even be good but it is what it is. I can see that again. I I think you're being fair in that instance. Super Mario Brothers, as you said before, uh, for, with a budget of 100 million, has is currently standing at 866 million, bro. Yes, they said it's gonna cross a billion next week. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that's bonkers. And if happened? anyone has seen anything, they <laughs> you would know that Hollywood is gonna take all the wrong lessons from this. Yeah. Yeah. And you all, 
do all the wrong stuff because yeah. of this. But I'm happy that, <laughs> you know, Mario is doing what he does. But there's also a bit of me that thinks it's a bit funny because we all know Mario was older and more world-renowned before Sonic was, right? But that Sonic film came out, basically two Sonic films came out before this first Mario film uh, would come out. So to the see him films. come out so bold, right, <laughs> and be like, your, your movie was good, but... You know, hey, to finally get hey, what he deserved past the nineties film. I'm not saying one's better than the other. That, they built saying? that platform he jumped off of. <laughs> Sonic, Detective Pikachu, The Last of Us, they were building a steady stream of good video game content that, that is, made that's people true. trust the Super Mario Bros. movie. Like, okay, I'll go watch it. Even if the critics are saying it sucks, I'm gonna go watch it because Video game movies have been pretty good lately. And it ends up making a billion freaking dollars. What happened though? Like how do we get here? Is this uh, on a spike? Doesn't make spite? any yeah, doesn't make any sense to me. But I'm gonna ask you right now because we just uh were talking about your uh cash grab nose. I'm gonna ask you about several films here. And see how you feel about uh -oh. whether or not these things were cash grabs or not. Again, the only uh-oh is whether or not you are afraid of offending the creative team behind <laughs> any of these uh, films. But I will tell you this. They are video game films. So that should ease the mind a bit. So what do you think about the first Mortal Kombat? Cash grab? But you're really trying something. Uh, probably cash grab. <laughs> I know the second one was a cash grab. That second one, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. I that, think, I don't like I don't think two people maybe I'm wrong maybe there, maybe there's a director's commentary out there that proves me wrong but it just I don't feel like two people were like we worked on this Mortal Kombat movie and we're pitching it to the, to the there was just movie. something about this yeah, combat right, right where they out there you see they're mortals for the most part you have two of them two mortals in combat a bit of a Mortal Kombat situation and I just felt I could tell that story. No, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, Tomb Raider, Angelina Jolie. Is that, that cash grab, or do you think they were like, we can make a, we can make a movie out of this? Like this could be. A I thing. think with someone like Angelina Jolie in it, you you have to sit down with that lady and be like, here's what we want to do. You gotta How sell it. Sound right? Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta sell it. it. I feel so like you gotta believe a little in a bit. passion in there. A you gotta believe. passion in there. <laughs> That's a twisted capitalistic logic behind it, <laughs> I but mean, I totally a, buy it. I there's totally always, buy it. There's always an evil capitalist dream. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, at, it, ultimately, when you boil it down, none of these movies would get made if they didn't think they can make fucking money. Some <laughs> sort of money. Some sort of return. Some sort of comeback. No, you're right 100 percent Um Silent Hill. Silent Hill was Silent Hill was weird. <laughs> I, <laughs> there was never so, another one either. Right? So that so, no, I don't think so. So that so that's not a. Uh, oh no, there was, but I think it might have been more like so straight, straight to, to something. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, it I feels think, like yeah. someone. I feel like you cared really about that. Thought, Right, yeah, they like cared about cared, that, right? Someone really cared about this weird. I don't, that doesn't feel like Silent Hill doesn't feel like something the studio looks at and goes, "That's a film." We <laughs> want to make that. I think some weirdo was like, "Hey, 
<laughs> he tells some dude some dude played it you know one night bro there's this game <laughs> i don't know what movie you're writing but check this out <laughs> there's this game right it's fucking freaky guy's got a big ass pyramid head he's just walking around with this fucking machete it's out of control um max Payne. mark Wahlberg. i saw max Payne. i know you did <laughs> i know you did has a special place in my heart, but it's a goddamn cash grab. Cash grab. <laughs> hey, man. money, 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 money. I'm for that cash. <laughs> Holy hell! I was interested. I, I, I didn't see it, but something told me that you did, bro. Something like, yeah, I almost felt yeah. it. I was in the theater <laughs> for that shit. Did you see the Tomb Raider reboot? No, I haven't watched it. Any reason that, that was one of the things that it just kind of felt like okay we're trying to make money and then and then I thought if if people if we watch it if people watch it and they say it's good I'll check it out <laughs> okay. but that didn't happen <laughs> uh, understood there was a bit to me of me like I know the story like I <laughs> like I if you guys want to see it like to be introduced to it like but I yeah. I kind of know uh, what's going on there Assassin's Creed. I didn't know that I had a movie. You, you like as of right now, like as you're talking yeah. to me right now, you don't know it had a movie. Yeah. So <laughs> I as, didn't know it was a movie. So was would you like a couple years ago? Now that you're mentioning it, I'm like vaguely, vaguely remembering it. Is it okay? Like so, recent? so if so, if you're vaguely remembering, could you vaguely remember who you think would be in the lead of that oh, at all? No. Do you have no, any I'm idea? Imagining Completely like gone. Some uh, uh, who would you put? It's gonna be some B. Good. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's leading this? Okay, so the lead of this uh, of this film is Michael Fassbender. Oh man! <laughs> but 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 there's one ingredient in every uh, video game or even comic book film, right? that always spells trouble <laughs> for any of those adaptations and it's the first sentence in a description of the character that he's playing are you ready for this uh oh it is an original character created for the film <laughs> <laughs> shut it down we made a video game movie and then created an original character for Instantly. this story Instantly in comic comic book movies, all that it's like what what why we already Shut got down. it's all we already got what we need. <laughs> why did you make other people up? <laughs> we no need, but yeah, he is playing a original character. He's in a descendant of the assassins with genetic links to a uh, 15th century assassin in Spain. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It had Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, uh, Jeremy Irons. Okay, I love Jeremy Irons. Michael K. Williams. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. So yeah, it had, it had some people in it, but yeah, man, gosh, you have that whole lore, and you go, but what if we just add? What if we add a little bit of something? No, it, it almost it? feels like they have the whole lore, but the director looks through it and says, no. I don't like any of this stuff. Yeah, like, I can do it better. So then who asked you to come? Like, just leave, bro. Get out. Get out, get out of the room. 
<laughs> Did you see Prince of Persia? Uh, no, no, I have not. <laughs> On principle? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Just didn't look good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about the uh, Chung Lee Street Fighter film? I, I, I haven't seen any of the Street Fighter films, honestly. As, oh, uh, none of them. Yeah, yeah not Listen, even the animated one. That first one, the first live action one is pretty freaking bad, man. Like, just wrong characterizations, wrong. <laughs> like, just pretty, like, almost, like, completely surface level. To the point that it makes Mortal Kombat seem like a direct adaptation <laughs> from that franchise. Street Fighter is just, it's just so bad. But Raul Julia is really good in his, in his role. But again, his role is not the role you think Bison would play <laughs> in the game. <laughs> He's doing his own thing. All that kind of stuff. But then on top of that, on top of this paper-thin adaptation, they decide 10 years after the fact to be like, okay, and now we're going to do one about Chung li And yeah, it was not very good. It did not do very well. It currently stands at a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yikes. <laughs> Whether that's, you know, uh, you know, any kind of indicator uh, for people. I am incredibly surprised, and I want to hear about your take on this. What do you think or why do you think uh, the Resident Evil franchise does so well in film? Because we're, we've got a six or five of these, of these things. The final chapter was the sixth film. I think people just really like zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it anything. Thank you, George Romero. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I. I. I just. I think that's what it is. People. They keep on trying zombies, and people will keep on coming to taste it. Yeah. Do you? Uh. Well, how do you feel about uh, Milia, Milia Jovovich? <laughs> a wholly original character, right? Created for the, I, yeah. <laughs> for the but really popular. Really popular. What do you think? Was it worth I it? Mean, Should they I, just went with Jill? Yeah. You... It's one of those things where it's like the clock, a, clock, a broken clock is right twice a day. Mm. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Sometimes if you try something enough, somebody's going to get it. And somebody will stumble upon a good original character. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh, you should probably. It makes me wonder how much people would enjoy something that was more faithful then. Right. <laughs> Did you see the? Is it a Netflix series that they came out yeah. with recently? Yeah, it was a Netflix show. I watched the first episode. I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, yeah, my mom kept watching it, but it wasn't. I wasn't down. Listen, <laughs> I'll, I'll put my controversial takes on this now. When I first re played Resident Evil, I wasn't a fan. I didn't like the weird camera movements. I didn't like reading books and, and, and stuff. I was a kid. I was trying to run and gun. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to get to stuff. Um, I thought it was better once we got 3D graphics. And you can actually, like I thought Resident Evil, I think it's 4. It was just the one in Africa. There's one in Africa that was really, really good. That I played when I was overseas. Um, I, But I am, like, we talk about blind spots sometimes on this podcast. Resident Evil lore. I, yeah, I got nothing. I got Umbrella Corp, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> T Virus, Nemesis, Jill, uh, and Raccoon City. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you can put those things in a film, I'm like, yep, that's Resident Evil. They nailed Mo it. Most of what I know about and Resident Wesker. Evil is uh, 
just secondhand from watching my brother play because I never got to play myself. And I know they loud or what? No, I just I never wanted to. I was scared of it. I was like, okay. there was all these jump scares. And I was like, no. <laughs> dogs breaking through fucking your <laughs> fucking six, and dogs like, are this, breaking through this, fucking windows. This, Zombie this dogs. Is un, this is unnecessary. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Lying in the sand. They can well, they got, they've remade up to four of them now. It's probably the best if you wanted to play. Probably the best time is now. You can start from one without having to go back to 1998 gameplay. I, like a part of me says that you know some homework should be done about this, but there's like without a shadow of a doubt, there's been no other uh, film based on a video game to have made as much money or has made as much films as the Resident Evil franchise. Not right? yet. Like holy hell! Not yet. At least I don't think so. Or I mean, I mean, it depends on on what we're on how we talking because like. I, I was just thinking, like, technically, Pokemon is a game, and they've had, like, 20 movies based yeah. on the game. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It depends. There's never live action, though, <laughs> until Detective. Whoa, 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 whoa. There is a game, but it didn't start as a video game. Yeah, what's that? Uh, so I'm guessing the, the qualification would be um, something that originated as a video game. Yeah, and spun off from there. Yeah, I thought it started as a card game or as a no. Has Pokemon always been a video game? Yeah, it was a video game first, and then (laughs) it became so successful that they made a show, and then the show became so successful. I thought it was a manga that became a no, no a show. I always thought it was a manga that became a show. But to be fair, no one ever spoiled the manga for me, which is a tale that there wasn't a manga because I had almost every other manga spoiled for me (laughs) in school because the cooler kids always knew were always three steps ahead and were like, oh yeah, and guess what? Boo's coming, and Boo's gonna be this guy. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think I don't know. I have to check the dates. The show might have came out first in America. Uh but I, I, if, what, the, if it, the, uh, the show. I think the show, the TV show might have been out first in America before the game, which is why most of us remember the show first and thinking the game is based on the show. But for sure if it wasn't then I know for sure I didn't get introduced to the game until after I knew it was a show first like if it was I can't even imagine it would have sold very much before the show. Like, who would have known to play, like, Pokemon besides a fucking... Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Why would you have picked it up? That's a good question. Yeah. Why would you have picked it up if you had no idea what the hell this thing was? And you are right. I am looking at... I... I n- yes. At least. At, at the very least. There has been a anime film about pokemon every year since 1998 i've seen um, like three i've seen like three of yeah them. <laughs> so you i'm gonna guess you didn't see uh, pokemon rise of dark kai no not yet I'll get <laughs> what about it. pokemon zoro arc master of illusions no, no no oh you know what i did see one <laughs> secret secrets of the jungle i saw that one that was like, that, doesn't that roll right over your tongue? Oh, that was doesn't the most it? recent well, Pokemon movie, it, Secrets of the Jungle. They couldn't call it Pokemon Tarzan. Oh, come on. You, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> terrible. So you totally just, saw Mewtwo Strikes Back, right? Yes. 
Okay, but, that was right which before is funny then. Because they never called it like the it's a remake of the original, which was also called Mewtwo Strikes Back, but it's like that's a sequel name, but there was never a movie before that. That's literally the first Pokemon movie ever. I could right, even right, right. back. What's he striking back at? Who's he mad at? Who's going on here? Oh, it turns out he's mad at you. <laughs> the, you, the, you the viewer. <laughs> you <laughs> the viewer. It's incredibly uh it's always touchy. Right, like you, all those films, each one of them could have been something that detracted the entire lore of the of Pokemon and all that kind of stuff. When you're world building, it's always uh, important to kind of have a bit of quality control, right, with the things that are going out and kind of ex- expanding your universe. I say all that to say that uh, the most recent expansion of the Star Wars universe just concluded, season three. Of the Mandalorian, which we're all we're going to talk about in full spoilerific fashion. So hopefully you guys got a good chunk of this beginning of the podcast. If you haven't finished Mando, come back, listen to the rest of this episode because we are going to get pretty spoiler heavy uh, when it comes to the Mandalorian season three. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about off the rip was that I thought Mando season two ended in in such an incredible cliffhanger. What did you think about the choice of answering the questions of the cliffhanger in the book of Boba Fett as opposed to doing it in Mando season three? I am I, I'm of two minds because I can see why other people would feel like, why do I have to watch another show to get the resolutions to this show? Uh, yeah. So like I get that people would feel that way but at the same time i also don't particularly care because i'm going to watch it all and not only have i going to watch it all i've been sitting here for the last how long years i'm not gonna let you and your complaints ruin this for me get out of my way right don't like, ruin this for me <laughs> Get out of my way. Shut up. No, I, right. I, I, I don't know. It feels like there was a a reason. Like, I don't know that this was always meant to be this way. I think at some point they decided. Okay, here's an easier uh, or more different question. Um, do you think that without that, this story stands better? in its eight episode run or could you have seen any way uh, any holes where they could have filled in with what they did in book of boba fett do you feel like that they had to get past that in book of boba fett to tell this eight episode story that they told in mando season three or do you think that some of this could have been at the front and then eventually taken us to where we ended off uh when all this was said and done it almost feels like there was a plan to have uh, Dinjar and away from Grogu for a little bit longer than okay. Uh, then it then Disney probably was like, uh, we let you guys keep the secret <laughs> for like however long you wanted, but now we want to make this money. So put the put the green baby back. Yes, <laughs> like put it back where you got it from. And know where the money is. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Urkel is the money. All right, we don't care about none of the rest see- of you. <laughs> I can see I can see a season eight where they do a lot of the same things without Grogu and then go do the Luke Skywalker episode like 
at the end of the season. And I can okay. also see someone being like, we don't want to use Luke Skywalker as a big surprise again. <laughs> like, it's really Holy hell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, that's pretty, I, I think you're pretty on the money here. You uh, almost could have done this entire season without Grogu. Yeah. Until the end when, you know, he starts to actually do things. Right. They, they, they almost found like a cutesy side mission for him in every yeah. episode. Just put him over here for now. Like, just get him out of the way, you know? Oh, wow. Interesting. But yeah, he might be the moneymaker, so you can't keep him off the, off the camera. So we have to wrap it up in Book of Boba Fett. And I mean, listen, putting Luke Skywalker, like multiple scenes yeah. of him talking <laughs> and training another Jedi, just like throwing that into a, uh, a Boba Fett series, like, bold and obviously an attention grabber i thought those episodes were great i thought the uh characterization of mando and 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 grogu still you know was the same thing because dave filoni's watching over uh yeah. all of this but yeah it, it might have been a, a means to an end you know to get it, them to it, where it, they had to go they can also they also get away with it a little bit by being like, hey, well, the book of Boba Fett simply a chapter in the story of the Mandalorian. Bitches, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, but I, but I definitely think there was a different plan in place. And I, but did it bother me? No, not really. I think the biggest thing about Book of Boba Fett that bothered me and maybe a lot of other people is that it was used. It was like. Boba Fett for a long time has been a lot of people's favorite character and he only was on screen for like 10 minutes but the idea right. was that in your mind like he's this the idea of, of him like you were just yeah. saying right the idea so, of him was bigger than wh what he actually was so when he debuted on the Mandalorian and they actually gave him like 10 minutes to be the Boba Fett you always knew he was gonna be and then mm -hmm. they immediately spun off to a show about Boba Fett you assume you're gonna get Boba Fett Right, and then they decide, like, well, sorry, buddy, this is actually just a means to our larger Thrawn story. So, like, we're just setting him up here. Like, well, we need a demo of Tatooine. Okay. I am, I am, I am having an epiphany right here in the moment, bro. Are you ready for this? Are you ready yeah. for this? I, I'm either gonna be completely off base or 100 <laughs> on the target with this epiphany. But as you're talking, I'm listening to you. Is there a franchise that has gotten more from people's idea of where things go and where, where characters go without ever showing it than Star Wars? Luke's whole thing, right? After, after uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. People had it in their minds. They knew exactly what happened after the fact and where it would go. And that, that's why they were so disappointed when they saw what he became or, you know, his, you know, him becoming a hermit and all that kind of stuff because they felt like they knew what it was. Vader, pre um, New Hope, we all had it in our minds what it was. And so the second we got it, a little bit of it in Rogue One, it was like, yeah, we, that's, that's what we want. Boba Fett, cool suit. He's got to be a badass. I can see it in my mind. I can see it in the back of my mind. I know. I feel like Star Wars has gotten very far with like the vague allusion to people being cool without ever having to show it. it. <laughs> the whole thing about Star Wars is that when they, it's George Lucas is so good at building a world that all of these little pieces that he uses to prop up his story, you're like. I want to know more about all of it. 
Like, I yeah. want to know more about some freaking bounty hunter who didn't say anything for 10 minutes. What's his right. deal? Like, I need to know what Luke did after these stories were done. Like, I need more. The characters don't live and die by the story. Like, they yeah. exist and they breathe. This is just their, you know, where they're uh, inserted. And thus, they've had a life prior to you first seeing them. They've done yeah. things prior, because that's like how it. the universe. Yeah, that's how they should feel. The universe should feel lived in. Where it's like, you know, everyone feels a part of it because they feel like real life persons. And that's hard to freaking do. So not only for um, George Lucas to do it at the time, but for him to trust Dave Filoni to do his own. We were just talking about characters originally created for a certain project. Um, your your girl, Masoka Tano, right? That, yes. that was created her. for that series. Clone Wars. What, Clone Wars. The, the, was there any sort of was there any sort of pushback? Do you remember at the time? This is something. This again was a blind spot to me at a certain point. Um, do you remember the discourse at all around the character of Ahsoka Tano when you were watching it? And if you can't, can you remember how you personally felt watching yeah. this uh, character? Well, one. Well, one. I want to get to that in a quick second. But when you mentioned how Star Wars has gotten a lot by having a world like such a rich universe to be built in, I think one of the things that Dave Filoni uh, is a master at is actually filling those dots, filling <laughs> those right. lines, right? <laughs> actually, Not just putting question marks at the end of every sentence. Right. Actually, the world? Question mark? <laughs> New species? Question taking, mark? <laughs> like taking a little piece of exposition from the film and turning it into something Fact. in a, Fact. a series? Like that's yeah. his expertise, basically. The dude did it in Clone Wars. He did it in Rebels. He did doing it in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, his job is to weave in the little details <laughs> like i'll finish this stupid blanket like you left a bunch of holes in it yeah, yeah. Like, that seems to be his star wars job i'm going to fix your universe because you keep on leaving Men it yeah broken. slightly mentioning things but i'll yeah but yeah I'll bring no, up to prominence with ahsoka um <laughs> people people hated Ahsoka. they hated really Oh, I want to hear about this. Well, you you imagine you you imagine Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars, and then you hear this idea. He's the he's, Joker, right? Like he's, he's a bad level of have, like he's of gonna like, have the Padawan. Edgy, yeah. Uh -huh. Anakin Skywalker is gonna have a Padawan. What? Like a he's gonna train another Jedi? What? And it's like a plucky young rash girl who who doesn't listen like she doesn't get she 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 does not listen she's messes things up her first season she's really bad at things and she and then when she's given direction she kind of goes against it and people are just like i hate this character she's in the way of <laughs> everything not realizing like oh you're in for like the character arc of your life you're gonna like, like <laughs> i for me personally i thought it felt like she had the better version of Anakin Skywalker's arc, where he was the plucky, annoying teenager who was in the way. But she got hours and hours and hours and hours of development. And he only got to, you know, get the little bit of stuff in the movies that was barely any development, which is why it felt weird when he went from that to Vader, because it's like, how the hell did we get here? Uh, you know, 
you you brought up um you know the idea of him having a, a padawan and how people would end up taking to it and then you know her being the plucky you know female and we see now people just have a almost a bone to pick with any choice ever right any yeah. definitive choice uh, to do anything ever here's something interesting while you're talking i'm thinking to myself i wonder if any of that um opposition uh, or negativity was in response to the very popular yeah uh force awakens it's, oh no for, is it force awakens it's uh, uh, it force been... unleashed force unleashed right yeah yeah it would have been it comes out the unleashed. same year yeah yeah they, it's they the same year yeah. they had their cake and ate it too but i feel like maybe not only do i feel like but i also spent a lot of time watching those freaking clone wars behind the scenes featurettes uh, ahsoka was uh her character was made in response to the way people felt about anakin in the prequels. okay wow so it's like it's like a direct a course correction assault on your senses because you already been here you're getting ptsd now like yeah oh no they're doing it again and dave is like <laughs> another thing that they played on in the clone wars a lot and like now ahsoka is so popular that you can't even imagine like if you go back and watch clone wars you won't think of it this way but the idea was anakin has a padawan but he didn't have a padawan in the movies so she's right. guaranteed to die She's yeah. guaranteed to die in the show. There's no right. way she makes it out. So a lot of the time, they're teasing her death, and you are absolutely believing that it can happen because at any point in time, because you know it does happen. It has to happen because by the time you get to uh, Revenge of the Sith, is it? Yeah, yeah, she's gone. Yeah. So it was a uh, um, keeping her alive was genius. <laughs> How did you? Uh, good stuff. I'm, ex I'm I'm I can't believe that all, all of those stories are culminating or ended up leading to like 15 year anniversary this year, bro. 15, 15 year anniversary. Years. 15 years like, since the Clone Wars film, since uh Force Unleashed, which is also putting they're putting a bunch of stuff from that. Um 15 years since the, basically was, the new modern Star Wars. It's just wild because I still remember it being canceled. I remember watching uh, they getting excited because Netflix was gonna pull together some of the leftovers uh, episodes that didn't have a home because their season got canceled. So Netflix okay. was gonna complete them and aired them, and it was wow. called the lost, the lost season. I was here, yeah, the lost yeah. season. And, uh, and 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 to see that it became multiple live action TV shows, and it's gonna all culminate in a film, a live action theatrical release. It's like what the hell it's a dream i can't understand why people would complain that's a that's a good point because my next bullet point is about the split fandom currently <laughs> um there have been people that have not necessarily taken to this season so well and it's the first time and i've seen it sprinkled but it's the first time where i've seen outward slander against my man grogu uh yeah. You know where they're like he is strictly a marketing tactic and with your you know uh the way that you put that he could have almost not even been here um what do you have to say about the the split fandom do you feel like uh, at any point that this season was uh well paced or any of the characterizations was off uh from previous seasons or you know where you felt like some of the characters had nothing to do 
How do you feel about, I mean, to be honest, as somebody who's been an outsider looking in, Star Wars has as much discourse as every other fandom about yeah. every other thing in the history of everything. So there's always going to be some people that are a bit more vocal about not digging what they dig. But yeah. did you feel any of this? Did you see any of this? Is there any validity to the Grogu slander, to the split fandom about this season in particular? No. I can see where it comes <laughs> from. I can see why they feel that way. Like we were just talking earlier, how it felt like he didn't have to be there until the end of the season. But um, it, it also didn't get in the way. <laughs> like I never felt like, get out of the way, Grogu. I need to see what Din and Bo Katan are doing. Like it was, it was what it was. He was Grogu. That's Din's son. He's there. We know where he is when he's not around. Like, We'll get to it when we get to it, and then we did get to it. Like it was, it, we, it was got to. I, yeah, like, it was got to. <laughs> that got. If if they were complaining more about like the Luke Skywalker, maybe it didn't feel like they were separated from Din Djarin enough to care about a reunion. If they were talking about things like that, maybe I'd actually give some credence to their complaints but they don't seem to care it's just like small things that they feel like they noticed so they should bring it up so that they can appear uh, like they have some sort of uh intellectual opinion they can add to the conversation but is there like, as a fan of star wars oh i think i just disconnected hey can you hear me? Oh, no no i'm here i'm here I hear all right you. as a fan of star wars uh do you are, um, do you think that there are people that it's similar to like being fans of pro wrestling have it booked in their mind already? Oh no, and absolutely. 1000%. There's a lot of the discourse around Star Wars is people mad that it didn't go the way they thought it was. They thought it was. Uh -huh. yeah, like, oh, well, I had this whole arc planned out in my head where, <laughs> where Din Djarin would die. You know, like, it's like, no, no, actually, no, actually, we have the fucking most wholesome, beautiful ending you'll ever feel in your heart. <laughs> well, no, no, you see the arc in my brain. <laughs> nah, dog, I'm sorry. <laughs> With, um, Characters being introduced from shows like Rebels and Clone Wars, uh, like Ahsoka Tano, uh, similarly to the other thing I had asked about the Fantastic Four, are you in a position where you're like, eh, as close as they can get, we're good? Or is there a bit more like, no, this this person needs to do this, this, and this to be uh, my version of, they, of that character? You, <laughs> It's not like it's an adaptation. You know, it's it's... It's meant to be a continuation. You know, it's that's 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 important. No, you're right. You're <laughs> yeah. right, one hundred percent. Yeah. So if the characterization is off, then you've messed up. See, with the Kenobi show, uh, the biggest issue I had with that show was the way the Grand Inquisitor looked. <laughs> right. And I understand, like, oh, you know, it can't look exactly like the animation. Like, I'm not, I understand. Like, you've seen how Count Dooku looks in Clone Wars compared to, like, real life. Yeah, that big ass head. Like, you know, like, the long chin, the impossibly long chin. But, come on. Like, they, he looked like a doof. It looked stupid. Yeah. It looked really stupid. Yeah. 
But like you know, when Ahsoka came on the Mandalorian for the first time, and it's like the first time you ever see her in live action, and her her things are too small, and it makes her look like a teenager. But it was like a practical thing. It's like you know what? It's fine. It's whatever. I understand. It's not the worst thing. It doesn't take away from how perfect, how perfectly acted it was. How like how how perfect everything else was. Everything else hit so hard. I um, we talk about things hitting hard. Like I. Th- when I think of the Mandalorian as somebody who likes Star Wars, but is I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any means. I thought that one of the um, unique uh, ways you can utilize shows like Book of Boba Fett and uh, Mandalorian was how they were able to, or even things like where they patched up an entire loophole with uh, or a plot hole with uh, Rogue One, right? Like, yeah. you can make a whole film and be like, I'm just yeah. going to cover that one thing that people have an issue with, <laughs> and we're just going to cover it over. But, like, in doing that film, you get that awesome Vader scene, which I think is one of the best, before uh, Kenobi, right? Like, one of the best yeah. uh, shows of his, oh, oh, sorry, even, you know, what I think there's a bit of this in Rebels, right? <laughs> Where they show yeah. his ability and skill. Uh, I think he holds back a, uh, does he hold back a Star Destroyer? Uh, Maul does that in uh in Clone Wars, but it's not a Star Destroyer. It's a it's okay. a regular. Oh no, freaking Vader pulls back that transporter ship and Kenobi. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Taking right out of Force Unleashed. Right. That, I guess that's yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking there. Force Unleashed. Um. So get yeah, that and come on, man. You had to have been a robot if you didn't pop for Luke in Mando season two. Oh yeah, like you yeah, that's a dead moment. That's a absolutely moment. dead, right? Like that was a different kind of moment. I, 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 I think I always think about how masterful the reveal was because it's one of those yeah. things where it's like it plays on your knowledge. You, it plays on your disbelief. It plays on you. It can't be. That's bullshit. Like, hey, get the fuck out of here! Like, no way. <laughs> that it actually is. You just can't. You can't hold it in. That was yeah. special. I didn't want to. I didn't want to come into season three thinking that we were gonna get another Luke Skywalker moment because I don't. I think you can do that again and still never. It won't hit the same. Once you've opened the box, yeah. you know, like anything's possible now. Like anybody can show up now. Okay, I understand. You've right. made me understand. <laughs> no, and like I said, even as somebody who's, I don't see myself as completely well versed. Uh, I. I felt the gravitas in that moment, and it was expertly done. But this is a character that I knew. A character yeah. I didn't know was Bo-Katan. That's a yeah. character that you knew. Oh, yeah. How close do you feel is the characterization of this Bo-Katan to the one that you have been following uh, through Rebels and and such? One to one. And it also helps that it's Katie Sackhoff, and it always has been. She was also... <laughs> She's always been Bo-Katan, so we we were able to get the same actress to come over to live action. Awesome, but, awesome. Um, uh, no, the, from the second she showed up on The Mandalorian, even before she took that helmet off, when I saw those Night Owl paint markings, I was like, holy shit, you're <laughs> doing this? I mean, her story, her story, the the Kree's the, the family, you know, her sister Satine, Obi-Wan's uh, lover, it's uh, it's a whole, it's it's... The entire oh. Mandalorian storyline that started in Clone Wars and like seeing it culminate here, it's just bananas. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, w- 
Can you give me an abbreviated version of what brings Bo-Katan here at this moment in uh, Season 3 of yes, Mandalorian? Actually, I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's story time! <laughs> hey, uh, I'm with it. Yeah, so uh, Bo-Katan Kree's family, she alluded to it on The Mandalorian, she's royalty. Uh, she okay. would be a second princess as her sister, uh, Satine. The Duchess Satine is uh, she. She she is a princess, and she becomes the ruler of Mandalore. And she decides that she wants to rule Mandalore uh, as pacifists. Okay, uh, they don't want to be a warrior race because she believed that war, the wars, the, the hundreds and thousands of years of Mandalorian civil wars that destroyed their planet in the first place uh, can stop. Bo-Katan actually joins a terrorist group and decides, no, we need to still be warriors. <laughs> So she's she's almost um at that point um what's that called uh, uh like fundamental <laughs> fund but also like a fundamentalist like she yeah you know uh is by the book so like at none of this point like the, the whole bounty hunter thing just gets baked in later on like with these Mandalorians well, well the the idea is like you know they created Boba Fett and he was nothing but a cool suit and then they decided to say like he was from a planet Mandalore and now they're just really that, good at killing people and yeah. they're so scattered that they're yeah, really good at hiring to kill people <laughs> that's yeah, why okay. you only see Boca, uh, Boba Fett but um okay this yeah was, but Bo-Katan this, this whole Bo-Katan thing this whole Mandalorian thing on Clone Wars was their attempt to like erase all this stuff that people have written themselves let's create our own lore that's what we're okay. this Bo-Katan thing that she had joined a terrorist group run by uh, the dude's name is Pre Vizsla. Uh, he's re- he's a descendant of the big, the chunky man. Uh, Paz 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 Vizsla. Yeah, yes. his and their 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 ancestor created the dark saber. The dark saber, one hundred percent. It's yeah. in his family's name. Yeah, that's why he was so, beefing uh, over it. Yeah. So eventually, you know, Pre Vizsla gets into a bad deal with Darth Maul. Gets his head cut off. Uh, Darth Maul takes over Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> and Bo-Katan decides, oh, I've taken, I've gone too far. Like, my, the dude I was here with is dead. This is not the Mandalorian way. Like, this is not the way. Does he have the Darksaber in this moment? Yes. Yeah. Dark, Holy Darth shit. Okay. Maul, Maul took the Darksaber, cut off pre head with it, is the owner of the Darksaber, the ruler of Mandalore, for, I guess, a year or two. Um, right. So, yeah, that's when Bo-Katan splits off. And she decides to help Ahsoka take Maul down. And uh, after that, that leaves Mandalore uh, with a power vacuum because Maul is down and Maul in his time. So Bo doesn't uh, instantly rise to that occasion in that instance? No, because what happens Her being is, family or royalty or whatever? What happens is Maul takes over Mandalore by strength, by just having the Darksaber and right. uh, uses it to kind of trap obi-wan because he really wants to kill obi-wan remember obi-wan cut off his dick and <laughs> yeah 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 my penis <laughs> like that's maul's ultimate freaking goal like i need to kill obi-wan no matter what <laughs> right like, his whole like he took over an entire warrior race of people simply to destroy like to to attract obi-wan to this situation which he right. does so that he can kill his lover in front of his face he kills uh satish crease uh cries Bo-Katan's sister uh right in front of him so yeah she 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 helps Ahsoka take him down which leaves the Mandalore with a power vacuum and that's where the Empire comes in uh we'll help you we're gonna send our clones 
to uh, hold the planet down. Only five minutes later would Order 66 happen. <laughs> so, oh, like, wow. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Bo-Katan eventually does lead a rebellion against uh, the Empire and Mandalore. So she was in charge during the Night of a Thousand Tears? Or? Yes. Yes, she was. Okay. Uh, which is really sad because she does lead that rebellion against the Empire, and that's what ends up getting Mandalore uh bombed that that's their smack back like that's yeah. their like they got smacked back for for yeah. that's how they have yeah uh and so that's where she is now she's mandalore has been destroyed she's lost access to the dark saber i guess uh is there is there any ill is there any ill will had, had was anyone ever like you kind of did this like you kind of <laughs> was there any doubt i guess in her leadership is what i what i'm saying that leads up because there's a bit of that here in the beginning of this i feel like where she's kind of like the instant that they can walk away they all walk away (laughs) well part of the issue is that um you know she didn't take the dark saber from darth maul right he he never lost it he kind of dropped it and 20 years later uh sabine wren of the rebels picked it up off the ground (laughs) she gives it to bo who takes it and rules Mandalore, and then things go bad. So when right. Din Djarin tries to just give it to her, she's like, I've been here before. <laughs> like, right, I, okay. happened yeah. to me, and it did not go well. Uh, the superstition might be correct. Will you keep that? I think that's one of the most brilliant parts of um, what they've done with this whole, what, you know, I don't necessarily like to call it the Mandalverse, but what they've done with the Feloniverse. Yeah, the Feloniverse. <laughs> it's like, you know, we, we've sat here and laughed about the Jedi and, and you know, what they believe and, and their customs and stuff. We've spent now some time with Tusken Raiders, right? What they believe in 100% their customs and stuff. Um, the Mandalorians now, it's all being fleshed out. And who's to say it's not a... Uh, you know, a curse or whatever. If the force is, you, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, something that is in the universe and people will have the ability to tap into and use and wield and all that kind of stuff, then like, I can't I, tell you guys that you guys are wrong and these guys are right. I actually, think, clothes. <laughs> I actually think it's pretty cool that they, that kind of that moment in the end of season two was kind of a tease for her whole journey in season three. Because in season two, she kind of tells Din Djarin, like, man, all that shit is bullshit, man. All them curses, yeah. all that stupid helmet shit. And then when he tries to give it a dog saber, she's like, um, you know what? Maybe <laughs> that one, maybe that one's a real curse, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Which is her crisis of faith in all of season three. Like, I believed all this was bullshit, but then I saw the mythosaur. <laughs> like, I saw <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, 100%. <laughs> Um, as somebody, like I said, who's not too versed, um, it was a bit discerning seeing her so dejected without yeah. any sort of army, without any sort of people. Um, was this something with you knowing who she was where you're like, oh, no, she's going to bounce back? Is I, it already written in stone, her her future in this universe? No, I didn't think. Because, like, you know, she's been through a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. She's been through a lot. I thought I, I would entirely understand if she was like, you know what? I, uh, I'm i going to go to bed. <laughs> like, I'm going to take a nap and I'm going to eat ice cream. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do anything right now. Right. I thought it was more funny that she... I, and I, I know maybe whenever you see a male and a female character together on screen for more than two minutes, it's like, oh, they should be an item. 
Right. But I thought it was genuinely funny how she acted like, you know, get out of my house, Dinjarin. I don't want you here. Yeah. And, you know, you know, he goes and his jet comes and she's like, I'm going to I'm gonna get out of here once and for all. And then she goes out and her idea of that is like, leave me alone. Me. Right. <laughs> as soon as she finds out he's in danger, she's like, I'm gonna, I'll be right back. Wait, Yogi, are you shipping Bo-Katan oh, yeah. and Din Djarin right here on this podcast? Not only am I shipping them, <laughs> I need Bo-Katan to be Grogu's mom. Okay, I need, I don't know what you call that kind of shit. Right, right. But I need this to be a family unit, as it has been for the past eight episodes. That has to, that, that, that's one Halevay, uh, what do you call that? Almost a recommendation of these new characters that were created for this show, right? Grogu and Din Djarin, right? To feel yeah. like everything just fits in that universe. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling. I think that's one of my one of the things I love about the Mandalorian more than anything is like it's it's like it's just Clone Wars like this is just like <laughs> you think this is good you should have seen it fifteen years ago <laughs> right I, I I get that on occasion I get that on occasion with other stuff I'm like yeah yeah this this is what it is I'm glad that you've being spoon fed it now but it's yeah it's like, always I'm been this it's always you been all good have it now like at at one point uh, just a few years ago. Uh, nobody knew what a Mandalorian was. Nobody right. knew what a Mandalorian was, but this is some. This is a concept that's like forty years old. You know, right. people have been. There's a girl on my Instagram whose name has been Mandalorian Princess since like the beginning of Instagram. Right. You know, and and I'm sure nowadays people see it and they think it's something she got from the show, but like, like no, this is a very old concept. So yeah. uh, it's just cool bringing everybody in on it. That's what I like most. That's what I want an adaptation or a continuation to be. Like I want to, I want to bring people in on the thing I've been enjoying. Like come on in. The but it ends up being it ends up being that you know uh, situation that I talk about often on this podcast, where you know you you will hear people on occasion who are not too versed with any kind of source material of anything because this has its own source material with it being like you said rebels and stuff. Um, They'll say, like, why do you guys so, you know, adamant about basically one-to-one adaptations, as you're saying? And to me, I always equated it to someone telling a joke. Like, if you hear a good joke, you know, you're on your ass. And then, like, to hear that same person tell that joke again but get it wrong or, you know, get the timing wrong or, you know, say the wrong thing. And then other people are like, oh, that joke was whack. It's like, no, 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 it didn't do it right. <laughs> you don't get it. Like, because they didn't, they didn't, you know, set the situation right. I got to deal with things like that with Cassandra Kane, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's what that character was to people. What did, look at the irreparable damage Batman and Robin did to Robin Cavender, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certain people like on, on screen since. It, it, it's, it's just been that. So, um, I think they've done a great job put, putting some of these people on screen. Um, I think the Mandalorian in the beginning, season one, I think works very well for it not having a lot of lore. Yeah, I think if you would have started as heavy as it is currently, yeah, you might have detracted you, some people. Yeah, you confuse them. You kind of got to ease them in. You have to. I think one of the things they do best is easing people into the Star Wars lore, and I think that might be the that might be the whole. 
driving force of the show like the mission statement <laughs> you, are you, so it, you're it, saying it mando up. and grogu are the pied piper into <laughs> the depths of the abyss that is uh star wars horse. lore it's a trojan <laughs> horse you you get tricked with a cute little baby and then two months later you're like i've watched 108 episodes of clone wars now and I know every song of Mandalore. <laughs> like, I, I, now it's time for Rebels. <laughs> like, was there was there any opposition uh, from you about the Grogu character at all? No. I think the way they did it was masterful. Because, you know, if you... Wow. If you reveal a character like Grogu as just a, a design on a sheet six yeah. months before a TV show, Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're gonna spend six months hating the idea. You make oh, up your man. own mind about it. You've written your own lore. Yeah, yeah. He, he's gonna be Jar Jar. George Lucas said they're not supposed to know who the Yodas are. How come? How, what are they gonna do? They're ruining it, and people would not even give it a chance. They would hate it from the outside. After the people, they they wouldn't even watch the first episode and still hate it. Hate what they heard right. about it. Hate what they read about it. The taking this and just be it's giving no details about nothing ever. That's just the best way to do this. They, <laughs> they were like, "Oh, John Favreau's making a show called The Mandalorian. It's about a gunslinging Mandalorian." Right. That's 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 it. That's what you knew going into the show. Right. That was it. The trailer came out. It was cut from like the first two episodes, and it was just images of Mando shooting at people. Yeah, it, it, you go in and they give you the story. Now you're here. Let me sit. I down. think they also showed uh, Werner Herzog. Right? They might have showed his yeah. ass. His old yeah. ass. <laughs> and now you're tricked. I need you like, to get me the asset. <laughs> show me the baby. <laughs> but uh, no, you get that moment where he has his finger out, right? Yeah, you at the bassinet. The, the asset is fifty years old, and you spend the whole episode waiting for an old man, and he opens it, and it's a baby Yoda. It's yeah. a baby Yoda. What the <laughs> fuck? That, funnily enough, that's almost the same thing they did in the Clone Wars movie way back in two thousand eight, right? They, the asset, yeah. it's oh, a the baby, baby Jabba. It's a baby Jabba, though. Yeah, baby Jabba. Which, by the way. Where's Stinky? Like, I need an update. <laughs> We're getting updates on all these characters nowadays. And, and, and Where's the Stinky and, cameo? Where is Stinky the Hut? I don't want to hear no more bullshit, Filoni. <laughs> I need Stinky the Hut in we your live answers. action film. I don't want to play. I don't want to play no games. Uh, hashtag Where's Stinky? <laughs> I I um I had probably heard about the. Because, like, as soon as the episode dropped, people were raving about Baby Yoda. Like, yeah. so I hadn't even seen the episode yet. And that's all people were talking about. But I didn't understand what it would mean in the context of the episode or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, watching it unfold as it has, um, sometimes it, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Sometimes I'm always digging it, to be honest. But um, sometimes I'm not expecting it to progress. I just think it the the relationship is what it is, right? So like when they tease the whole him going with Luke for a second, I'm like, wait a minute, that's like the the show, and then I'm like, but should that be the show, right? Because yeah. if it's the Mandalorian, should I have an issue with Grogu being gone? Like that almost that there should be nothing wrong with that. The character should be able to stand on its own. But then when they, well, I, I didn't have to make the decision. I'm like, okay, cool. So you know, Grogu is part of this whole Mandalorian thing. Um, 
basically like that's one of the other parts of book of boba fett is he chooses to be a mandalorian in that moment right yeah he gets literally those options and again with the jedi being the golden class of what people see in you know mainstream with the star wars universe to have a character be like nah screw that i want to <laughs> i want to hang yeah. out with the mandalorians that's a big that's a that puts them higher in 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 the uh, food chain what do you think about that i think they i think we're meant to want him and mando to be together like we're meant to want that they, we don't yeah. want them separate i think the idea that they were teasing that they would break up i think it it breaks mando's heart and it breaks yours it's like yeah God, get him back like go get <laughs> your son that's your son you, That's you right. it, it had to be Luke doing it, right? Because if any, yeah. it was anybody else, they would have the bottom building. Like, I get the fuck. This guy's an <laughs> asshole. Which made me, by the way, like Luke is an <laughs> asshole too. Like, oh, yeah. you can either be a Jedi or a Mandalorian. You stupid dick. I'm I don't out. He, I don't think you thought it was going to go that way, did you? Not only am I out, I'm going to take the force with me and <laughs> I'm going to go into immediate danger. <laughs> Over at that tweet. I'm going to start a school. The first That's, student he gets decides I want to leave. I don't like I, you. Uh, Grogu was an immediate hit. You know what wasn't an immediate hit? That spy episode. I feel like that was the earthquake that split uh, the fandom into. They already uh, had. They were already weird. Because I've been. The, the, the common thing I saw, which I thought was crazy, it was like, yo. The Mandalorian has had no forward momentum. They're not pushing the plot forward. And I thought to myself, we have already rebaptized Jinjar. Jinjar. Collected the fucking covert. We've baptized Bogatan. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. What do you mean no forward momentum? Like, is it because you can't is it because they're not and maybe it's like the same thing as like what's happening in the MCU, where it's like they're not. If you can't see the end, but they're not end gaming you all the time. You you can't. You if you if you don't if you're not aware of the path, then you're confused. Why did we take a break? Right. Like, this must be filler. We got to. We yeah, went away yeah. from Mando. Why are we dealing with the New Republic? What could this possibly have to do with the story that we're telling right now? This one episode could have repercussions throughout the entirety of the universe that they're setting up for the eventual film. Yeah. Right? That's supposed to culminate in all this. Which it does, though. No, I mean, I'm talking about potentially. Like, no, there's a clone, this whole cloning situation, all this stuff. Uh, I guess this is the time to talk about it. Moff Gideon is yeah. not dead. He's here. He's back. He's ready. He was originally thought to be uh, sent over to uh, uh, go to trial for his crimes against the New Republic, but. Uh, escaped quote unquote <laughs> and has been uh using spies to kind of do his bidding and one of the things that we find out through not only a conversation with him and other people that are uh creating what i am believing to be what a precursor to what the first order is see i um, thought that was so interesting because the idea was for the entire show the idea mm -hmm. was and they even call them imperial remnants they're yeah, remnants yes. of an empire what's left like, over but then you find out like there is no remnants it is simply the empire at full power they never lost anything 
They were yeah. they, uh, the only thing they lost was Palpatine. Like they're it's still a, a fully operational empire. Like yeah. Were, so it's like holy shit. I think I think it's very easy because of how close um, we are to the like the literal main characters of the entire uh, rebel versus empire yeah you know, the, the star wars right because we're so close to that stuff it's really hard to kind of pull back and be like well for every planet that the empire is in control over there's a litany of officers and right <laughs> security and stormtroopers and like they're competent people doing their yeah. job well all across the galaxy we're talking about a galaxy so there's so many people so if, if that empire were to topple overnight like we saw remnants of nazi germany we hired scientists yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from nazi germany um operation paperclip which is very similar to what they were trying to show with this whole like rehabilitation of the empire um we hired them and they were from another country planets of these people right like like planet um uh, overseeing planets worth not obviously a planet's population worth but i'm saying like across the galaxy are these sects of people who only have ever known working for the empire and being in control and and you know orders and such and you've really got to see here what happens when all that stuff falls and where the how people can fall through the cracks um i thought yeah the whole empire remnants thing um to see the was it hux hux's brother or hux's father sorry father, yeah, daddy hux <laughs> daddy that's what it was that's what i got inside of my head daddy hux played by uh uh you know because we the first hux we see is armitage hux yeah. i'll never forget that because what a name <laughs> uh, yeah his mother doesn't love him armitage Army? What's the what's the nickname? Army? Army? A Army? 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 Armitage Hugs. Um uh, you know, his father we see here. And um, you know, seeing that and, and them talking about the cloning stuff, uh can only lead me to believe that this is supposed to be allusions to what would eventually become of Snoke. At some point, I'm believing. Am I yeah, am I so, off? So he says because in the beginning of the whole series, we're teased with cloning process we see a we see dr pershing and he's got the logo of the kevin owens who made the clones way back in the clone wars and you think to yourself well this has to do with palpatine for sure is this right we know that this is leading to the first order or whatever so then we come out and we see per, uh hawks daddy hawks hawks senior he comes out and he says you know i'm working on project uh necromancer and uh right. the and, and all of a sudden uh Gideon which is which the allude with the was actual title alludes to bringing something yeah, back from yeah. the dead, <laughs> and then all of a sudden Gideon is like, I, "Clones? I don't know nothing about clones." And so now you're you're if you if you grab it, you realize like, wait a minute, he he absolutely was doing clone stuff. Like, so yeah. why? Uh, why are you lying reveal, about it? Yeah, yeah, and they reveal it pretty quickly. Like the Palpatine thing is over here. You were wrong all along. Like this is <laughs> its own thing. Which, right. by the way, that scene, uh, 
it, it, I got a feeling that that by itself was written by Dave Filoni because like the entire se- <laughs> the entire season was uh, written by John Favreau, except for that episode. Uh, that 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 scene. I'll tell you this about it. Right, I really liked it, but as somebody who writes, that scene was possibly the most exposition dense <laughs> scene in the season. Besides the other, like, uh, which was also adorable, it would be like Manda being like, yeah, Mandalore was bombed and everyone died and then the whole, you know, planet turned to glass and then you hear, whoo, you know, hear cool from <laughs> Goku. <laughs> but, like, in that moment, they managed to tie every single thing you had seen, every single thing you had a question about, and every single thing you might want to speculate in the future in that one scene of Gideon walking in and talking to everybody that was there. And I was like, somebody was like, either people are getting mad or we just need to put this shit out there so that people understand that we do know where this is going. There isn't, you know, this is not all for naught. Well, I think that's one of the things. I don't I don't think it was, it was like reactionary at all. I feel like that no, was... No, they might have read the whole season, right? They, yeah, that yeah. was just Filoni doing his thing like this is tying it all together now like okay you you thought it was uh singular adventures but give me a second and watch this it's like oh, fuck. You you're right bitch. you put it together not, not <laughs> only is it tying it together but what i think you're alluding to is it's stretching further oh yeah than people thought it was initially people thought people were wondering why these little things in the distance weren't connecting and now we're realizing they're talking about things like Thrawn, yeah. right? Which is bigger in concept than our little uh, pulp fictiony, you know, right? Uh, you know, cowboy western um, situation here. That goes a bit further, you know. Ahsoka cloning the First Order, all of that stuff. Like, man, there's no reason to have believed that the first season of Mandalorian would have anything to do with the rise of the First Order. Yeah, he could have done the entire series without it. It, 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 really, it really doesn't matter. So, like, to, like you were just saying, like the people that were impatient that things didn't connect. The reveal is that not only does it connect, but it goes further. This whole entire thing is tied in way further than yeah uh, people believe. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I'm just watching them build this universe and and it goes back to like if if you were a freaking nerd like me and you're paying attention to every single news article uh then you've seen it come together like you've seen uh favreau's interview in season one before the show (laughs) ever came out like he said the show would be uh connecting the original trilogy to the sequel that was their purpose and right. that, like immediately when they do the thing and they say, "Oh, five years after the fall of the empire," uh, my mind is like, "Oh, uh, that's that's the same time as era as the empire. That's the same time as the end of rebels. What is going on here? What are they doing?" Right. I've been waiting for another foot to drop for a while. Okay. I've like. Was, was any of this stuff on your bucket list? Yeah. Well, not bucket yeah. list, but you know, what I'm saying? like uh, you know, like yeah, it wish was, list, I guess. It, not even wish list. It was just easy to see. If you knew what to look for, it was very easy to see that all this was coming. The biggest giveaway for me was that the show started at the end of Rebels. Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, um, 
if you don't know, it ends with a massive cliffhanger. Like for some reason, and you can't even imagine. Like why? Why would you end a series, an entire series, with right. a cliffhanger like that? Like, so what? they've owed. They've owed some of you this. Yeah, like that's a big ass deal for like. Wh- it's one of those things where you just expect. You know, I guess they'll make another cartoon at some right. point. There'll be a Rebels too, <laughs> and it just never came. Uh, and then the Mandalorian gets announced, and Dave Filoni's involved, and they're like, "Oh, it begins five years after the fall of the Empire." And all of a sudden, in my mind, I'm like, "Hold on a minute, I'm I, I, uh, let me check my calendar. <laughs> I remember right. this date." And then you know, the first season goes by, and nothing really comes of it, and then the Dark Saber shows up at the end of this, and now it's connected to Rebels again. What the fuck? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's so got it, that, yeah, yeah, it had yeah. been a big moment. Yeah, so it's like uh, we're we we're gonna get this Thrawn thing, aren't we? Like we're gonna find Ezra. This is supposed to be some shit. And of course, Ahsoka confirms it in her episode of season two. Like, what the fuck? This is happening. So I guess those are my two questions. How do you feel about Moff Gideon, and what should be what should we the uh, you know uh, new newbies? be worried about when it comes to Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn is uh, possibly one of the greatest uh, strategic minds in like fiction. Like, <laughs> like he's, okay. he is, well, he is not, you know, they say people are like steps ahead of you. Like he is, he is the personification of steps of of being steps ahead of you i have no okay. i i would not be surprised if he knew what moff gideon was up to all this time he knows moff gideon wants his seat in the at the as the heir of the empire you know i yeah absolutely said yes give him the freaking guards and let him think that he can take on the mandalorians and let the mandalorians take care of him right. that's the kind that's the kind of thinker that thrawn is Thrawn, in, a, in, a, in an empire that's racist against aliens, rose to one of the highest seats in, in, the, entire, in the entire empire. Okay? You're right. Simply because of his strategic mind. Um, this is somebody to be scared of. Like, they don't have, they don't have that. The, the Republic does not have a mind like that. Not a single nobody. They don't have anybody. Yeah, they like they seemingly can't get anything together. Whenever they show those people, any of them on, you know, they seemingly can't get anything on the same page. So, uh, yeah. So him coming back, which if I don't want to spoil the, I don't want to spoil the cliffhanger for Rebels because I feel like that's something. Okay, so I definitely I, go back and. What I, well, I guess, I guess what I was going to ask, and it's a simple yes or no question: Is his fate already sealed? Somewhere in lore, somewhere in canon, Thrawn's. No, but the fate of the Empire is. We know that the right. Empire will not fall here. They right. will not lose, and they will become the First Order. But we also know we don't see Thrawn in the First Order. Yeah, so there's a, probably a... So it's the Ahsoka situation, where it's like somewhere yeah. along the lines. Okay. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily have to be right in this. Um... I just want to talk about Paz Vizsla for a bit. Oh, <laughs> I just feel like he needs a little corner of this conversation. Um, my man threw in through a lot since Boba season two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Got his great grandpa's sword taken. You got his ass kicked. Got his ass beat. Um, you know, he got his son taken. It's a little rough. Almost fed to bird to some uh crazy uh alien birds. Got his son back. Got his son's ass whooped by <laughs> the Jarman's son. Well, that's right. right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, fuck. I just I just want people to know we I see I see you. He was one of my favorite Mandalorians on this show. I mean, even though he was a little bit of a of a dickhead, you know, douchebag. Uh, I don't know. I just I I just love me some thick representation. Damn it, that was a big that was a big boy Mando, and I was like, I can see myself in that outfit. This is this is probably an easy answer. What do you say to those who say that the Mandalorian loses some steam when there's twenty Mandalorians on screen? That's fucking dumb. I can't even. <laughs> I can't, the Mandalorian is not even like I'm pretty certain that doesn't even refer to like one Mandalorian. I think the idea. Oh, is that's like, interesting. Yeah, maybe Grogu's been the Mandalorian the whole time. I mean, he is. He I, he is a Mandalorian now. I mean, and he's probably the only one who will outlive everyone else we've ever seen on screen. And we've passed a pass the religion and, on, man. Yeah, and he's seen like the hardcore stuff too. <laughs> yeah, the Grogu. Okay, like when everyone is dead, there's a lot. There's a couple of things that have been set up here. Like, I don't think Grogu's story is something that's exclusive to the Mandalorian. Or interesting this era of uh, storytelling. What do you, what do you think about Mandalore? Is, well, Similarly, you think Mandalore is something they only ever deal with? And no, I don't know. Well, the thing about Mandalore is that that that's kind of like the the conclusion. Is that season, The conclusion of this season has been a long time coming. Like that's been said. That's been we've needed this resolution since you know for the last fifteen years, right? Okay, right. But the Grogu thing. The Grogu thing is a lot different. I feel like that's the future of uh, Star Wars more than wow. it is Mandalorian. Because one, I mean, for what other purpose would you uh, introduce a baby that lives a thousand years? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're kind of right about that. Because if any of this sequel stuff doesn't work, we'll just be like, well, and once everyone yeah. died, yeah. Grogu showed back and they, up. And now Grogu is Yoda's age. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> but uh they've set even throughout the show like they've set little things that like they've planted the littlest seeds like the lizzo thing was seen as like a throwaway joke like oh the baby was playing with me on this beautiful paradise planet but then we offered them uh a home oh they got into the yeah and i knighted it this is a knight Grogu's yeah. a knight in this planet at any point in the next 1000 years we can pluck fruit from that tree you know like, yeah and you're right every contact that um Dinjar has Grogu has right? technically they've all they've he's met them all the mechanics the, right i mean uh, it's even it starts to get mythical after a certain point if he lives a thousand years you're talking about a point where like a hundred years from now Grogu will be the only Mandalorian who was there when we retook our planet. There, oh. there, I, there you say he would become the Mandalorian. Oh, the Mandalore. <laughs> yeah, the, Mandalore, the, Mandalore. The, leader, the leader of Mandalore. Of Mandalore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we can see it. There's no reason in the world why you can't 
why why Grogu's story would end in this show within this small lifetime of a per- regular person, you know? One of the things I thought was interesting was that the season uh, finale felt almost like a series finale. Oh, man. When it was over, I was like, did we just watch the end of the show? They closed everything. If it was, would, it, would you have been okay with that? Yeah. Hell yeah. I would have been. Yeah. If they would have announced it on Saturday morning, like, surprise, that was actually the series finale. Like, I would have been okay with it. 24 episodes. We concluded the story that of Mandalore that started in Clone Wars with that. It was like a Mandalorian civil war in live action. Like, we get to see all of these insane Mandalorian things that you could just, right. you've never imagined you would an actual mythosaur. You literally, you got all the way to that point where you saw I mean, the fucking short, mythosaur. Short of Grogu riding that thing. <laughs> we freaking saw everything we needed to see out of this show from everything that they've set up from season right. one. Even and, and I think that that ending the show like that, ending the season with such a clean note and even on a wholesome level was just was subversive in itself because we led we've led this far with uh every season has ended with like some messed up cliffhanger like. We right. beat Moff Gideon, but he's got the dark saber. Uh, we we beat Moff Gideon again, but they took my baby. Yeah, this time we beat him for good. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then we also not. get yeah. But um, I'll tell you this. Um, I was watching that finale, and remember, like one of the scuttlebutt things was like it's gonna hurt, right? That's what everyone was saying. Yeah. Like, the finale is is gonna bring some pain. Um, so I'm a, I'm looking for any kind of death. There was an instance in which <laughs> Grogu is surrounded by the Praetorian guards. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the door the door closes, and I'm like, they better not. Yeah. And then it kind of then it yeah. and then it kind of turns into like a sitcom kind of like keep he's away just, situation. He's laughing. He's running around laughing. But when the door first closed, I said, oh, oh, because we just saw him take out Paz Vizsla. Yeah, like yeah. there was know, like, no way Grogu's real gonna quick, beat these babies. Uh, I was like, Praetorian. oh my god! But okay, so they when he got past that, I was like, that was a bit, you know, cutesy. And when the when they do the force field, when he does the force fields to save them, I thought that was also a bit cutesy. But I got choked up. And if you watched this show and you didn't, I got absolutely choked up, chills, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, all the blood rushed, all the blood rushed somewhere. <laughs> When they called him uh, Din Grogu, yeah. When they fine. said yeah. that, that felt like a moment. That felt like the entire Star Wars universe has decided that this is a character that will be something of prominence, something of note. It the entire moment felt like we've earned it for the the, the extension of this. There was all the jokes about father and son, right? There were all, all the jokes about um, the relationship between Mando and Grogu uh, to culminate in this moment. What did you think about the whole, you know, baptism and uh, adoption of Grogu uh, by Din Djarin and basically uh, everything that went in, in with the conversation with the armor? I, uh, one, I thought I, I, I actually thought they were gonna die. Uh, not <laughs> I, I don't know if they were gonna die, but when 
uh axe wolves is like kamikaze the men yeah, he's like i'm like, just gonna go <laughs> into the hole and everyone's leaving and they haven't left yet i'm just like what is about to happen like what is about to happen here like uh so and the force field thing uh because i watched rebels it was a big old uh reference and i was just like <laughs> fair, fair. i was just like yeah, i was gonna cry i was like god damn how could you do this to me uh but the baptism <laughs> the armor is funny because she 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 has her own ideas of what you're supposed to do but she won't ever tell you what you're supposed to do she almost wants you to say it like, she I yeah, will guide yeah. you to the answer but if you don't drink <laughs> that's on you <laughs> but she's like taunting Din Djarin like they baptized the one baby and he's like now wet my baby and she's like no I can't yeah. wet him his parents aren't can't even talk might be dead who knows no parents can't talk that's so sad oh. when, so, so I you know what I think that's the reason why I almost got emotional in this moment because with my mind being uh, familiar with the way that the Mandalorian is written that would have been the moment where he goes, so then I'm going to find his parents. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And then the next season, <laughs> the next season is them finding Grogu's parents. So I was totally, I was like, oh, well, they've done set it up. She's got to get, he's got to get permission from his parents. Like they met getting married. <laughs> um, it's, it's all right there. And when he's like, nah, screw it, then I'm just adopting him <laughs> with no permission from anybody. I loved it. Yeah, man. I was like, wow. And then when they had Din Grogu, I was like, ah, we now nah, we out here. I'm getting it. I was all about it. Super cool. Um, so what is this all spell for the future with stuff? Because everything as we've seen it, like there's nothing right uh, disruptive. There's not everyone seemingly happy. Um, well, the biggest thing is that they, as happy as they might be and as nice as it might seem, there is a much larger looming threat. <laughs> like, it's not over. Like, as as uh, Mando went, he now works for the Republic. He's put himself right in the front of Thrawn's path. Yeah. The, the thing about Grand Admiral Thrawn and... I get a, a bit of a spoiler, a little bit. They Star Wars Rebels sets him up from about the third season on to the end of the series, and okay. they leave him in a place where he is um, wholly and entirely defeated, done. He's been taken care of. So this idea that there's going to be some grand return and that it almost seems like I, I you need <laughs> maybe it's like not. Bring, it's like bringing back Thanos. Like if you're going to bring him yeah. back, he there's he's got to do something. You're bringing yeah. if you're bringing back that heavy gun. Yeah, he's got to he's got to have motive. He's here for a reason. What's what's going on here? I mean, I'll never I'll never not come in them for somehow balancing this. Like, cause it's it's freaking nuts. How yeah, you is. can be Ahsoka is about to basically just be season five of Star Wars Rebels. Like, yeah, 
it's and people are gonna watch in live it action and understand it entirely. Like they're expected to just know, and I'm and somehow they will because Dave Filoni's freaking good at it. <laughs> so yeah, the Thrawn thing is looming and it's coming, and and no matter what Mando might feel, he's got that shit to deal with. I always said, because uh, I had a co-worker say, oh, you know, it sucks. It seems like, you know, the seasons are so far apart, whatever. I was like, they should do some, like, I Am Groot-esque shorts with uh, Mando and Grogu on their, you know, multi-planet bounty hunter working for the New Republic, uh, you know, deal. Because that's, that's how this ends, right? They make a deal with the New Republic to off-the-books uh, bounty hunt for them. Uh, yeah, basically, I'll do what you need me to do, and uh, you pay me so that I can give my son some training because yeah. he can learn how to fight. Right. Is I... no, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was gonna say, um, is um, should be we should we be worried or like looking out because of how expansive this chapter is gonna be? With you know, we have the acolyte. We have a bunch of other shows uh, coming in. Um, should we be seeing or be on the lookout for a Snoke, a Kylo Ren, no. a Knights of Ren, or is no, that like... There's a weird thing in Star Wars, and I wouldn't call it like a, not like a big political split or whatever, but there is <laughs> some stuff. There, there's different divisions of story going on right now. Like, not everything is connected at all, you know, in a right. way like, the, like they have the Filoni movie. Like a singular Dave Filoni film right. that's meant to wrap up all this stuff going on in his in his world. So you get that one movie, and then the only other announced thing that's connected to that is Ahsoka. So, uh, so I think the only place where you would want to look for uh, that first order connection would be these Filoni things, because in the Acolyte, more than likely most of the connections are going to be to the first that high republic stuff that i have not tried myself yet and i got no issue with it it's just it's been removed for a long like it's very removed from anything that i'm actually paying attention to or caring about right now so i haven't right urged it's just no urge for me to start it but i know that the people that have started it they do enjoy that era and those characters and Acolyte is supposed to be the first instance of a show using that. And even and it's the stupidest thing because then they're like, oh, we're a hundred years removed from <laughs> So like what the fuck did you like so, right, so you created point. a whole fucking era and then some <laughs> asshole comes in and they say, Well, I want to be removed so far that I'm kinda still there, but I can tell my own story. Look at the fuck back in the water and swim like everybody else, man. Get back over there. <laughs> I was going to say, we were talking about rehabilitation and how these uh, shows and, you know, this expansive universe that Dave Filoni's not creating in live action um, can sort of, you know, cover up these plot holes. Where do you see the events or the perceived events of, like, show, like movies like Solo being rehabilitated at? Do, do you think that they drop all those threads or are we going to see Kira and find out where, you know, where think- some of that stuff's happening at? I think the with the Kira in specific, the comics have taken handle that. that. Handle yeah, that. They, they, Does he trip and fall and die? <laughs> that usually means well, they, they actually gave her a whole like a whole story where she takes over 
because I mean I told you earlier how Darth Maul took over Mandalore, but right, right, in yes. the process of doing that, he and the Mandalorians killed uh, the leaders of the crime underworld and put their groups together and created a crime syndicate. Uh, and Kira in the comics takes it over after Maul uh, disappears uh, right. and then dies. He so, goes to fight like, Obi-Wan and yeah, well, gets got there's a lot, but eventually he does yeah. go fight Obi-Wan and he gets got and fucking yeah. uh, Kira takes over and uh, she's the Crimson Dawn and she's got this whole cool arc in the comics, which tells me that someone asked for her and they were like, yeah, we got no fucking plans. For Kira. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with her. Like. <laughs> yeah. So could but, she be around? Is she, you think she's still up to no good or what? Well, I was going to say they told Lando Calrissi, they told uh, what's his name, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, that they were going to make a Lando show, and then they announced it. So that would be a connection to Solo okay. right there, but with no Filoni involved in it. That's why, like, my thing is, like, I'm just, I get this big connection, like, because if, if Disney's Star Wars canon, right? They bought Star Wars, right? And then all the EU confusing stuff, they kind of put it to the side, and they said, we'll pick and choose from it. Like, we'll adapt whatever we have from it, but the canon is the movies, the shows, and that's it. So I've seen it all, and I just love that I'm being paid off. Like, I'm just here. It feels like the films and the shows are like a 1950s couple where the films just go and go to work and come home and bring home the money and then go to bed. And the mom is home all day, feeding the kids, washing the clothes, doing all the work. Like Dave Filoni is going to be connecting all the dots for these films that they're just going to be dropping, hoping to, you know, make a buck or, you know, expand the universe, et cetera, and so forth. But the one who's actually going to do the homework, the one that's actually going to <laughs> make these stuff make sense, as we're going to see where I feel like this is going to rehabilitate in people's eyes. The sequel trilogy, I, I'm almost certain it was created almost for that very end. Hey, you know, a challenge. It was a dare. It was a challenge. <laughs> my thing um, is like, my thing is like, yeah. I've seen him do it. Like, I saw him do it. Made, <laughs> I seen it. Made, he made me care about the prequels. Like I, I will watch the prequels simply because I love all those characters from Clone Wars. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. like they can do that. If and my biggest problem with the sequel trilogy was the disconnection from the lore. Right? There's no Mandalorians. There's none of the fucking Jedi shit. Uh, yeah. We went right back to the same story that we told. Like, so wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the Empire is alive again? Like, what is yeah. this garbage? Being able to take that and stitch it together and connect it back to the original trilogy, if they can do that in a way that actually makes you want to watch the sequels, I am down. I don't understand why people are so... They have to erase it. Like, do that's you, not do even you real. See, okay, so I, I, here's a question. With your understanding of Mandalore and the Mandalorians, do you see a world where Mandalore is uh, run by the Empire? No. That or already, the First Order, I mean. The First Order. No, that would be like going back to the well again like that would be really weird whack because like they already did the whole the entire arc we just ended it that yeah was, that was the big yeah. battle like we've taken it we've taken it from the empire it's done we cannot do this again this was lame <laughs> they did they did the whole first order again That's i do like that and the yeah, point is ahead. to fix it like we're here to fix it you don't want to make the same mistake <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
uh, Din getting his little hermit hut at the end uh, with Grogu was, was kind of sweet. He was torturing frogs against their will with the force. Yeah, he's still a little piece of shit. Uh, yeah, he still likes to do, he still likes to do I, that shit. I, I like that they've set up, like, because the thing about the throne and the battle against the Empire is that they are not only going to be, they're not going to be able to be like the Avengers, right? Ahsoka and Din Djarin, Bo-Katan and Boba Fett. I, I don't I not know that, bro. Right? I don't not know that. Well, who, they, else is, who else is showing they up can't Because they can't, right? Because they're not capable of it because we've seen it like they're not capable of taking on the empire on their own they're right. capable of being good parts of a rebellion good parts of a big group um they're they've set up Din Djarin he has Navarro he's got the Mandalorians yeah Ahsoka's got the rebels yeah Bo- Boba Fett is the king of the crime in Tatooine. They've got right. a little more army. personal, more personal liberations. Yeah, like as opposed to tackling the entire empire. Yeah, they're, right. They're able to yeah. protect their. The, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, they're creating. If you, they're creating, and maybe not on purpose, but I mean, well, the re- the writers are creating it on purpose, but the characters, not unknowingly, are creating themselves a little force, a little army, a little. Another little, not a rebellion because they don't need to rebel against anything, but right. a little strike force that will be able to stand up against Thrawn in the event that the rebe- that the New Republic decides, much like they did with Navarro. Oh man, this this Empire threat isn't real. We saw Thrawn go down in our archival footage. Right. We don't need to send any reinforcements. Open shut case. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. you know, that's why they get destroyed. <laughs> like, that's right. why you get taken over. Because uh, I can see it. I mean, in my mind, listen, I said it. I read that interview way back and when they freaking spelled it out for us. They said it's a it's the show that's going to connect the sequels to the prequels or the sequels to the originals. And in 2027, there's going to be some kind of we're going to end it all with some kind of event. And it's like that's gone under the radar for so long. And now, yeah, uh, and, and now, like you said, like they, the, as a Star Wars celebration, they've been talking more about, right? Oh no, as it's official now, it's, it's a big deal. There's a there's a day for the only movie. Yeah, now it's like it's a film it's in theaters. I'm writing it. I'm bringing the cowboy hat. <laughs> Is it in theaters? Are they going to yeah, do it in theaters? It's a theatrical film. Oh, I thought it was like a Disney Plus film. If it's a Disney Plus film, it's. It's basically it's just a long ass episode of the man. Yeah, it's a couple. Of, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a couple of episodes. Yeah. Thanks for the double size. Like, like, but oh, but if it's a theatrical film, that could be pretty promising. Yeah, it is. That's just wild. Like that's crazy to me. But at the same time, it started. It all started with a theatrical film, the the Clone Wars movie. Right, and it was well deserved. You know, every every single piece of responsibility that Dave Filoni's been given, he's knocked it out of the park. So who's it, to say he couldn't do this? He's been growing. Is it's he's been he's been kind of thri- like a seed, another seed, just growing from literally from under George Lucas's wing to becoming big and just kind of becoming George Lucas's mole. <laughs> like now yeah. you're all that I have left. So you yeah. are the one to keep the flame growing. And then he said it himself. He was he he was on the set of the Last Jedi behind Ryan Johnson. Just kind of taking notes and trying to learn how to do live action shit, and then of course now you get. You know what's weird? Even if he was a clone of George Lucas, 
What he has that George doesn't have is an unapologetic love for Star Wars. And a right? heart. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? And in a place that, because when I create stuff, I, I can only like it to a point, right? Because I know I made it. I could have done it this way. I could have done it this way. It's a, it's a, it's a whole other thing. But if you're a fan and you unapologetically love something, you see it and you love it through its f flaws. And even if he was a clone, Dave can have that sort of love that George doesn't. Isn't that's pretty damn interesting? I, it's 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 very interesting, and you can see it in the writing. Though the thing about I always say about Dave Filoni, wow! I just saw the most clear lightning strike I've ever seen in my life. Oh no! That was horrible. He's sending. He's sending. The I made a mistake. I made a mistake. The dust troopers are coming. You're exposing. I shouldn't say anymore. <laughs> No, I think the thing about Dave Filoni's writing that you can see immediately is that it's 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 a lot more empathetic, and heartfelt. I think George's yeah. stuff that he writes can come across as cold and emotionless. And right. It's like he's so good at building the world and building the universe, and not ex not always the best at writing down, like getting the characterization out through writing. Right. It sometimes comes across better when you read about a person. Like, oh man, that character sounds really cool. Then when you hear them talk after Lucas, uh, <laughs> and you're like, hmm, that was like some weird Shakespeare shit. <laughs> no, you, you're right because of um of the Clone Wars that I've seen. The interpersonal relationships are all right up front. Everyone has, you know, they talk to each other differently. They have slang. They have, you know, attitude and, and stuff. But you got none of that in the prequels. Like the Anakin that I watched uh, had more personality. And, you know, like you got to see all yeah. kinds of facets of him. Um, whereas in the film, you got this like truncated version. And I get that you can't spend all the time in the world with him. But it it's. I was gonna say it's almost like, but you've already confirmed that it, it's an it's almost an apology for <laughs> the lack of depth everywhere else. I always I always say like Clone Wars. Having watched Clone Wars and having seen Anakin at his best, like just caring and and just loving his friends and being there to help the galaxy, it makes the Vader thing so much more tragic. Like more right. than like. You just get mad at him for being dumb in the movie, but you know, in Clone Wars, you're just like this guy. This I think, guy. I, you know what's weird? I think you almost spend so much time with him, you almost forget. Yeah, you know, you like you almost, you almost like are like, you know, like oh, you know, you kind of forget, and then you're like, they're, son of a, yeah, yeah, it's a Titanic. It's always gonna hit that iceberg. They're funny about it too, because they'll sprinkle like you'll forget, and then. He'll stab somebody right through the chest with a lightsaber, and, <laughs> and and like like it. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Anakin's a little uh, aggressive. He's got a dark side. He's got a bit of a dark side to him. <laughs> oh man, um, do like do you see a need to come back to this to to the Mandalorian like season four, uh, or is this something you might revisit after we do? You know, Ahsoka, the movie, like, do we ever have to come back here specifically to the point of telling the rest of whatever story you perceive this would continue? Like we were just talking about the girl grew in training kind of stuff, or can all that stuff kind of be, uh, you know, like you, your mind connects those dots. And the next time we see these guys, 
it'll be a cameo when they show up and you know and look through a portal and <laughs> you're like yeah i know what they were up to because that's you where we left saw them. It. Yeah. i think it all depends on how ahsoka goes because now like i think the purpose of the ahsoka show is to put is to just take that chess piece that is thrown and place him back up front okay. we're going to use this show because i don't think the purpose of her show was to beat him <laughs> like you know right uh, sure, they're not gonna beat Thrawn on this show, but they have to confront him directly because of the way at Rebels ended. Okay. Uh, in her mission to, I guess, find uh, and, and she's been pretty you know, bloodthirsty about that, and I don't even yeah. know what the what the <laughs> it's uh, a big deal. The Rebels is. I I would like, Rebels is so good. Rebels is so heartfelt. <laughs> it's such a heartfelt show because I, I I just I remember hating it. Um, principle like why would i want to watch this the fucking disney right. it's a star wars aladdin and and just being so fucking wrong how can i be so wrong uh to, to uh, i mean to see to see her mission now she's bloodthirsty for a reason and like i said the thrawn stuff it can only be set up in six episodes because the song is only gonna be six episodes long that can't be dealt with here right depending on how that gets set up you can do an ep- a season of mandalorian where He's working for the New Republic, and we're final. Or we're closing in on that movie. We're telling the okay. final pieces of the story to get because he's aware world. of what's going on with the New Republic, yeah. whatever opposition yeah, yeah. that they're facing. Yeah. Um, and he'd be in tune with that because he's working alongside them. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, because if, if it if what do we do with Mandalore? What do yeah, we do that's with those what I was people? gonna say. I, mean, I assume they'll just come and help. Yeah, you know, they're they're they are they are a gun now. Like we okay. will we will need them. At some point, we've put Mandalore back on the map for a reason, other than other than a satisfying conclusion to a story that they started in Clone Wars. Like a reason, they will use this piece of information much later on. Like this is a surprise tool for later. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can just see, like you know, uh, we're out of reinforcements, and then a bunch of jetpack Mandalorians come flying in as the cavalry. You know, you know what they have to do. I just realized what they have to do. They have to find a way to redeem and make us care about those five planets that got blown up by the Death Star. Oh, yeah. No, we have to spend a lot of time on these planets now. So the way they blow up. That's got to be the plan, bro. We got we to gotta have that moment where we're spending with this building and backstory. Grogu's in charge of these five planets or whatever. You know, there is heart and soul. And then you do the... What are some of the... When you walk away from this season, what are some of the moments you walk away with? So, one of the things I'm going to take with me from season three for sure is the freaking retaking of Mandalore. Uh, Like I said earlier, just wow. Just just seeing... like. Honestly, there was also the episode before where we kind of got all of a sudden like we were like Game of Thrones, and yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Like this is what I always wanted when they introduced like the dark saber and the warring factions and the taking right. of the kingdom. I, was like, I always wanted us to get into that Game of Thrones territory. So we finally got there, and we saw all these Mandalorians, and they had their fleet, and we, they had their music, and I thought that was just the coolest thing and the reason why i'm watching a show called the mandalorian is all that mandalorian lore right i'm um, taking it one step further and then just starting the not starting but just having this kind of faux mandalorian civil war between the fake mandalorians and the real ones but they're all 
it's I, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad it didn't go that way. I'm really kind of glad it didn't go that way because that's what I thought they were setting up for. No, no. Um, thankfully, like I think the whole thing about the lore is like they've been civil warring for so long, we can stop this. But like being able to give us a scene where where we have jetpack flying, best star <laughs> armor wearing, warriors on both sides, yeah. flying on both sides. It's like a live action Mandalore Civil War battle. It's right. just the craziest thing like we've never seen this in live action never we didn't know enough about them in general to be able to have two discerning different <laughs> factions well, like I said, it's it's like live it was like live action clone for me i'm gonna take that with me forever and i like people will say like oh you know the third season of mandalorian she wasn't good as good as the first or the second but like for me this third season was was everything I needed it to be, and the first and the second war too. That's what I'm just like I'm so good. If this was the end, like this was so good, I'm almost worried to come back. <laughs> I don't see them anymore. <laughs> when you when uh, Bo-Katan was shown last season, were you of the belief that they would use Mando season three to tie up those loose ends? Or um, no, I thought I did not think. I thought Mando season three was going to be about him having to get rebaptized uh crashes right. of faith thing or whatever but they got rid of that immediately they were trying soon instantly <laughs> and that at that point i thought like i don't know where this season is going i don't know what they're doing next and i'm excited i didn't think they were going to take it all the way to its conclusion yeah uh i i wouldn't uh, if people st- if people said they didn't think it was earned, I would understand where it came from. But I haven't seen any of those complaints. Most people were just really satisfied. Yeah, I I really dug it. And like I said, if if you're somebody who you know you're tiptoeing and you don't necessarily want to get into the you know bathing the living waters of of Star Wars canon, this could be your season. A series finale, you know, unless there was an, there's another season coming up, you know, if this is all to lead to a future or something that comes out down the line, I thought this was a perfect bookend to a lot of that stuff, um, especially even a bookend to just the season, but overall, right to the to the journeys that everybody that we have been introduced to, even to Moff Gideon, who I believe is still alive, he bought all that armor and did all that stuff to get. <laughs> Uh, blown up, but uh, I'm almost certain his ass is still alive. But I think, yeah, completely watching that stuff kind of get bookended is all we can ask for for a show. So, uh, I, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and check out The Mandalorian Season 3. I think you have at this point, uh, or else you wouldn't be listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope not. Right? That makes sense, go watch right? Re- go watch Rebels. Go, go watch, watch Rebels. Rebels. I would say I would tell people to watch Clone Wars, but I mean Clone Wars is longer. It's got it's it's and it's a little bit disconnected. I feel like it's not like, you're not gonna get. Uh, I get the closest thing you'll get to an overarching story is Ahsoka's character arc, which is different from Rebels, where it's like it's telling a singular overarching story across four seasons, like or, or I, now five with Ahsoka's live action show. I've got to... Yeah, I've got to clear all my bases before we get to Ahsoka. So when we get to the last season of, um, was it Rebels? That they yeah. just came out with the last season not too long ago? Yeah, 2017. 
then yeah, then we'll be uh, in business to talk about it here on the podcast. But I can't wait. Um, yeah, this has been a fun deep dive into all things Mandalorian season three, even a little bit of before and after. Um, I can tell you're incredibly passionate about it, so it's super cool, bro, to get you on and <laughs> get the because I don't know and I now want to know more. And that's that's what I think is the best part of fandom when we can make it contagious. Uh, so hopefully, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're feeling all that love uh, because we try to do this each and every week as part of ComicBookClick.com. ComicBookClick.com has every single episode of the Major Issues podcast. That's over 270 episodes, like 500 hours of content of us talking about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. But as you know, I love about all these fandoms unapologetically. Uh, we come and give you guys our thoughts about all this stuff. Um, we have reached seven years as a part of comic book click. It's a hell of a hallmark. It's a hell of a monumentous occasion, but we wouldn't have done it without the people who listen to this podcast, share it, follow us on facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram slash comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hostages and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We couldn't do it without the people who go to our patreon.com slash comic book click. Uh, no, patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse, <laughs> uh, and don't <laughs> donate. Um, anywhere from $3 to $5 to $15 a month to help us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software that we need to uh, produce content for you guys. We have a lot of stuff coming uh, that are in the works uh, behind the scenes uh, to be coming up very soon as part of Comic Book Click. And some of, that, some of that takes time, but some of it takes money. So all the stuff that's been donated, all the stuff that you guys give us, trust it, it's been used. Um and we can't wait to give you guys some new and exciting content. So like I said, don't forget to follow us all over social media. Make sure you're going to comicbookclick.com, Patreon, go to CB, uh, our T Public store, hit that shop CBC link. We get a kickback from that as well. Uh, but if you can't do anything monetarily, just rate and review us on iTunes. It's, it's the quickest way we can grow as podcasters, find out what you like and what you don't. Because uh, I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books, comic book media. But if I tell you how that happens, uh, I'll mess all this stuff up. And next thing you know, it's uh, the Mandalorian starring Dwayne Johnson. And that would be, <laughs> no! absolutely, that'd be absolutely ridiculous. You're like, no, Bo-Katan, I have to, <laughs> I've got this. And I want to fight uh, Darth Vader. We're going to bring him back <laughs> just so I can I'll, fight him. And I can I'm going to save Bo-Katan. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just never forget everyone. The one thing the, before we close out for good, just know as a Star Wars fan, as a toxic Star Wars fan, that your yeah. precious Mandalore is now run by a beautiful lesbian couple. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed with That's that it. knowledge. Yes, as you should, and as they should. But. <laughs> I think that's all I got. Uh, tell the fine people where they can find you. You can find me over on Dirty Radio. Our Dirty Radio Twitter account is a Dirty Radio. Dirty Radio on Facebook. <laughs> all right, we got the Dirty Radio Shopify shop. We got just go over to Dirty Radio and find me there. Don't look for my personal page. It's not as entertaining <laughs> as you might think. 
Well, now you guys know where to find him. But uh, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And it's John Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi. And this has been our Mandalorian Season 3 uh, recap and review. And remember, whether or not you're a foundling, an acolyte, a apostate, a believer, or just somebody who likes making a bunch of clones. Remember that you are the yeah. click. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>